Jack Pine. Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Monday the 4th of May 2015. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. <laughs> Wait, that's Robert. And Robert Kemp. It's like one of those tubes going in and out. The way, way. It was the other way around. <laughs> oh, it makes a different sound on the way out, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's more of a. <laughs> it's, like, it's not just the same it's waveform. The, it's the, it's the sound of extreme apathy, not just not just apathy, which is basically but extreme apathy, where it's like. So, so <laughs> have extreme apathy, really. <laughs> I'm really vocal about my apathy. So one direction is just apathy, and then the other direction is extreme. It's like I'm, I'm, I need to tell the world how much I don't care. It's like I care about my not caring. It's like you're putting too much effort into the expression of apathy. It doesn't seem to fit. Mm. Sarcastic apathy. <laughs> I see. Well, how can, well, what is, is, is there a word for someone that literally doesn't care what their viewpoint is, but, think, but cares very much that the world needs to know that they don't care? Because that's like that is extreme apathy, right? Or some kind of apoplectic apathy. (laughs) That wouldn't be the same at all. What would that be? Just apathy again, isn't it? Is it? Does everything equate to just apathy in this in this line of thought? In which case, extreme apathy, totally just apathy. Well, so there's no point in making a distinction. Yeah, that's possibly true. It's like you can't apply any modifiers to it because by the very definition, it, 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 it is nothing, basically. And you're multiplying by zero, <laughs> so you get zero. Uh, I suppose yeah. it's like someone like going into... This is a particle political forecast. Well, oh, you... Particle political forecast. It's a political forecast from the apathy party, where it's just like... We needed to broadcast this to everyone in the nation, but we just don't care. <laughs> That's extreme apathy right there. Well, at least that they didn't care. Refreshing. They wouldn't make it though. Exactly. We, 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 we can't care. do that. We, we care about everyone knowing that we don't care. The only way that would work is if it was forced upon them. Where it's just like, you have to make this broadcast, and then they're just like, ah, oh. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> 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 I would watch that podcast. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, because it'd be over in about three seconds. Have you watched any of the non-apathetic party political broadcasts? Because imagine there've been some. I don't have a, don't watch TV, so I haven't caught any. I have Not watched. I have watched them indirectly via Gogglebox. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. And what were the reactions? Pretty dumb. In fact, most of them are pretty dumb. In fairness, like yeah. Why can't they make them slick and? Good, whatever. Surely they have budget and people who care. Noam and I were talking about this the other day. Now, we think the media has really screwed this election up because no one, no one at any point in this process has talked about policy. Like, at any point. It's just all been like, oh, hey, have you seen that Farage chat? He's, like, smoking again. (laughs) How about that? Or, like, it's really important that he wins this seat in his hometown, otherwise he's going to leave UKIP. You know, it's like, I don't care, actually. I Like, what are they, if they got in power, what would they... Well, Dude yeah, that's us. what you want to like, know, right? But I mean, I but saw a little survey thing. Nobody is talking about that. 
that said that the BBC News or the website, I don't know if it was just the website or BBC News in general, had was showing the policies much better than the other parts of the media. I, I, it was I like have they not did a, like a research on it. Well, I think I, I saw that on the BBC. Do you see that? They, it was basically they did a dumb thing where they 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 choose their own policy where it had like for each of the individual parts like health and schools or whatever it had yep. all of the policies and you could pick which one you wanted. Well, that's, vote, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah, vote for policies has, has been doing that for every election like forever. Yeah, that was BBC a lot more in depth, so, isn't it? Yeah. It was dumb. Also, because the time when I looked at it, which was basically as soon as the BBC put it up, half of them weren't actually there. It was just like we haven't yet received what this policy is from the from the party. Mm. <laughs> we asked them, but they haven't done it yet. So I guess just blank space for now. <laughs> but instead, they're like focusing on, oh hey, Labour's not going to do a deal with SNP, and well, like, these, these guys don't like these guys, and Ed Miliband yeah. can't walk off a stage without stumbling off off the tip. That's because it's more like time, human interest you know? than the actual policies, which are quite like uh, on paper well, things. It's it's like, like, I'll give the BBC they do. They did. They were. I didn't see any of it, but they were advertising at least on Radio One that they were going to do these shows where they were going to actually focus on uh, policy and try and explain what the hell's going on. Yeah, like because it's not very for, obvious for, for, for the for the young people. Well, I think the trouble <laughs> with the, the policy situation is that it's barely going to matter in the end anyway because uh, no, no one one's is going to have the power to enforce so they're all going to have to make deals yeah. and then none of the policies will actually happen. It'll just Pretty be much. another like nothing going, nothing happening sort of years of just waiting to see. Probably less happening than there has been. And you know yeah. what I'm extremely apathetic about? Positive. Yeah. Well, why the fuck are we talking about this? You, know, <laughs> you started it. No, I, I, it's like I don't care about the actual politics, but I do kind of care about how it's portrayed in a weird way. So like I kind of think they, they you know, if if, they, if, everyone, if it's such a big deal that everyone makes it out to be, and, you know, and it's like, oh, you're governing. This is how we govern ourselves, man. This is how we make our country a better place. And it's like, I don't see that. <laughs> I don't see that from anything that is broadcast to my face. It's... But you're not actually looking for that broadcast, though. Yeah, because I've got fed up of it all. But I, I, I extremely apathetically <laughs> avoid it. Wait, that's not apathetic. No, you can't like, do that. Yeah. You can't ag- apathetically avoid. That's true. It's annoying. You have to actively yeah. avoid. That's trouble. I just can't. You just have to watch it and not react. Is that what it's supposed to be? You're supposed Thing to be is, Rob, uh, TV is still TV. <laughs> I realised that like people move mouth make mouth noises, mouth noises, mouth mouth noises. Like when is it Thursday, right? Like yes. I realised that I can't even vote. Like tactically, I looked up my constituency, and it's the safest freaking seat ever. Like it's been Labour since 1950 or something. Um, so there's there's a basically zero chance of of it being anything else. And I imagine Zach. I don't think. Um, where are you? Like. Mid Suffolk, Stowmarket, Needham, Needham and Berry. That's been Tory probably forever, right? Whereas, whereas you, Rob, and <laughs> Rob and, and Gnome, you actually in a marginal seat, so it actually matters. <laughs> You're the only person where it actually matters. Technically. Although the only thing that I, again, that I've had to go on are the leaflets that have come through the door, and they all look like smug bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like... That's the problem. That's double my problem because my MP is Diane Abbott and she's always on the TV being a bit smug. So, do you know the do you know the one? She's always on like name, the name rings a bell. And stuff. She's name like the larger black lady who's always on the TV. Oh, you yes. Sorry, I know who, know who you mean now. Yes. Yeah. Oh, but she pretty much can't lose. So, fair enough. So there you are. 
political corner over. <laughs> Good. Let's get apathetic about it. Oh, I have to look out for my friend Katie, who's um, running to be an MP as, as a Tory for the um, wow. Luton South. So wow. look out for Luton South. <laughs> yeah, just generally, that's good advice. Look out for Luton. Look out for Luton's out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think I don't know what the um, polls are there, but you never know. She could win. That'd be interesting. It's Ish. amazing how many people are doing, how many different channels are doing like alternative election like things though. Because Channel Four's got one on. I think Sky's doing one. Actually, I think there's an election how many people are doing it. Before, right? Is it the night before? Okay. I saw from Charlie Brooker there's potentially an mm. election wipe, so that might be good. Well, it'd just be more Ed Miliband, what was it? His, Pretty his, much. Uh, campaign. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah, that was uh. just... <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Election time over. Yeah. What else is new? I got dishwasher. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Are you using it? We've used it once. Is it washing maybe, all, maybe the whole twice. load? It, it appears, it appear, the load appears to have been fully cleaned. <laughs> okay. Fully cleaned. But will it wash everything or will there be things left over that you need to wash manually? Ugh. You shouldn't put things that with a non-stick coating. No, I know. Dishwasher. Yeah. But do you use That's that a lot? I guess you well, do. Well, I suppose if you, if you fry anything, you know, That's like true. sausages or yep. mushrooms. Because, you know, fried mushrooms, yeah. But generally... If you make any filth, then you're using a non-stick fan. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're making even filthier filth, then you're using a stick fan. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you've got the shit that's built up on it. <laughs> it's like a crusty stick fan. And that's not going in the dishwasher. Yeah. So we've got the slight problem that the dishwasher actually doesn't fit properly because, it, as it turns out, people still can't build houses. <laughs> Like, so, so, you want to always do this route this house and yeah. the previous one. Your house is yeah. mysterious I'm calling you out Chris Nelson, you bunch of numpties. <laughs> Why can't they figure out? Yeah, it's fine. It's a nice, you know, I don't care. You know, it's a good, it's a good house. It just has its weird quirks, and this is one of them where they, you know, there was a specially designed bit of unit that is, you know, that was quite easily removable, and they like this is where the dishwasher should go. And it's like fine, like they thought about this, right? There's even a little isolator switch on the wall for the dishwasher. It's like, oh, great, great, okay, cool. When, so whenever we do this, this will be nice and easy, right? So we took the unit out and found that there's a pipe that runs right across the back of where the dishwasher should be, that stops it from going far enough back to sit flush in the unit. Oh, so it's like, oh, seriously, you've got to be kidding me. Someone has really screwed up. Additionally. There is a traditional plug socket right there that obviously adds like a centimeter of socket and then you've got the plug sticking in it. And that is also right behind where the dishwasher sits. And so both those things mean that, you know, the, the dishwasher can't actually sit flush against the back wall. Mm. So it's currently sticking out in a super ugly fashion, um, which is kind of irritating. Um, we can sort it and we have a plan for sorting it because, then you know, you can just we can remove the socket, hardwire it in because um, it's an isolator. That should be fine. Um, mm. and get someone to move the pipe. So it's a there's a little, there's a convenient little gap in that the you know the dishwasher's not quite tall enough, and that we could make the pipe go go over it instead for, for a few. Little but what is the pipe for anyway? Why it's, did they put it there? Well, I'm not 100 percent sure. It's an outlet from something. 
We, I think it's coming from the boiler, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay, sounds like you need to work that out for sure. It's mysterious. Yeah. You think everyone? It's not as if dishwashers are different depths, particularly. No, they're all standard. Which no, is part they're of the standard. Problem. Yeah. So it's they just built they, a standard yeah, got... pole that's the standard width height and the standard width, but they didn't build it to the standard depth. It, it, uh, yeah, I think at some point, whoever was plumbing or something, I guess wasn't because presumably they had to fit the kitchen after doing that stuff. After right. someone had wired the plug socket in, after someone plumbed the the counter in, at least potentially, so they knew where to cut holes, or maybe the plumbing was done afterwards. I don't know. Either way, someone didn't know what the bloody hell was supposed to go there, and they obviously screwed it up real bad because there's just no way it can work. So yeah. We've got to sort that out. And so it's sort of weird at the moment because it's not screwed in place. So you can right. overbalance it when you're loading it. Um, <laughs> it and it sticks out. out. Hole somewhat. Yeah, and it sticks out and the doors don't close properly. I mean, it's, it's not good. It's not good. Annoying. Um, so yeah, house builders, know your trade. <laughs> <laughs> but props to you for entering the 20th century. Yeah, it should be nice. I've already We've already cleaned the barbecue stuff in it. <laughs> Has that been lying around that. unclean for a while, or <laughs> did you just have to have a barbecue? <laughs> pretty, much, pretty much since September. It's been sort of in a fatty state, shall we say. So, so that's the first thing today. you used it on, though. It's like the grim stuff that hasn't been hasn't been <laughs> yeah. washed for like months, for like six months. Pretty much, yeah. And it works perfectly. It seems so, yeah. Magic. Magic. Dishwashers, eh? It's a feature. brilliant. This case, snake, is it? it is a swing. All oh, right, there you go. So more to hear about. <laughs> okay, can't wait. Plans later. Zach, have you got any kitchen anecdotes <laughs> that aren't related to? Do you have a dishwasher? I don't think you no. guys do, do you? No. 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 Do you do the dishes? No. No. <laughs> 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 well, it's the, same, it's the same problem as we discussed last time about my dishwashing habits, where it's like I do them if they ever got to the point where I had to do them, but they never do because someone else does them before that. <laughs> right, so they don't get leaving to the it in that point. state. It's horrible before it gets there. Yeah, just, uh, I've got a real thing about. It. I don't like it when there's too much on the counter in the kitchen. It's like if there's a few things, I'm totally fine with it. In fact, I'll do the washing up and specifically sort of leave a few things because I'll get bored of the washing up and then like like just leave a couple of things. That's fine. When it's an epic pile of stuff, it's like, oh, man, this... this mm. You've got plenty of space in your kitchen. It's not like 64, where it actually became a problem. Well, yeah, you, you, I've, I've seen it with Kippers living there. That's, <laughs> that's definitely a problem. That was a tiny kitchen. Yeah. In pre-dishwasher times, I always did the washing up, like, immediately afterwards, pretty much. Because otherwise... phases with that. Yeah. I don't know. It is easier if you do it straight away. It depends yeah. on what you and how bad it affected your stomach or... no it's like, <laughs> like it was something like I don't know beans where it leaves a significant residue mm. that's like you have to wash that properly and that, you can't just like run that under the tap and rub it off that easily I mean, yeah it's, certain foods like if you leave rice too long and it like goes dry <laughs> and yeah. sticks to something like you could have to soak it for a good long time cocking magic glue it's the mm. <laughs> like okay. cocking magic glue. Is that one of the Robco uh, products? Yeah, I was, I, was, I, was, I, was dis- I was discussing this with my uh, my board members the other day, and that, you know whether or not the Robco brand is seen as somewhat aggressive. 
Yeah, trademark. Yeah, but it's like it's, it only appeals to a certain demographic of I don't know prison-worthy males. <laughs> prison-worthy. <laughs> so they might not commit a crime just yet, but the chances but are they're, high. They're worthy of prison. <laughs> That's your target audience. Yeah, but we haven't, uh, we haven't yet come up with an alternative campaign. Target market to, to, to replace the uh, the merch fucking. <laughs> Ranged, <laughs> well, so, if you need anything glued fixed up around the house, just get some co- cocking magic glue and <laughs> cocking magic glue. <laughs> Stick it back together with that. Yeah, maybe that's the new thing. Maybe we just start every every product we have with some kind of adverb. Cocking magic glue. Or just that particular one. <laughs> Shitting Bogro. <laughs> <laughs> it's descriptive. <laughs> it's I mean, that's what it's for. <laughs> <laughs> As so opposed to the more sort of general use role that could be used for other kinds of spills, etc. This <laughs> one is this is one is just for a specific purpose. Indeed. Yes, we we design. Very precisely. Contoured. <laughs> what does that even mean in the context of the two role? Contoured. Presumably it has to be a very personal thing and that you come into our showroom and we get... Uh, also we fit you in. Toilet pick, roll somehow rigid. Pick a material. <laughs> yeah, to a certain extent. Well, you make it a bit like a gum shield in that, you know, you have to take a mould and then... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then although well, you'd want that bit to be made out of plastic, and then it has like an attachment for the toilet roll, so you replace the sheet onto the onto the precisely contoured device. Oh sure, yeah, maybe. maybe well, yeah, uh, it's like oh, it's the tricks of the trade. Here, the, uh, the, uh, the, the 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 shitting bog roll is actually basically a form of memory foam. So the dispenser has the mold in it, and then it dispenses it. It's sort of contours as it comes out, so you can put standard rolls in it. You don't have to buy specific. I don't know. Zach asked Rollins <laughs> into it. <It's... laughs> you just need the Zach Ars attachment thing. The <laughs> yeah, you just need right. the, the Zach Ars contour. Right. And once you've got that, contour. you can just buy. But, but you can't use any old uh, Lou Roll with it. You have to use special refills from. Yeah, yes, you from still have to, yeah I, mean, I mean, we've got a product lock in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Lock in. It's like well of water filters or whatever. Or... Yeah. Exactly. That's a bad example because I think you can use own brand filters with can you i don't know what's the uh, lock-in? depends if they it depends if they have one of those weird like plastic attachments on those i think like, the worst lock in is the filter like... sort of embedded in a capsule thing that you have to what's the one with the brabantia bin that's right you get a posh bin and then you could they're the only bin liners that fit it a special bin liners <laughs> from the you, same brand the super... as the bin <laughs> you think the supermarket ones would be like when they say oh we've made one for pedal bins like they must be targeting bins like that right like yeah, you think so? Because our one seems to be precisely incorrect for like bin liners. It's, it's very difficult to find the ones that are good. Mm. Bin liners. I don't know if you even. I don't know if you really tried though. I think you always buy the cheap shitty as the bin liners, and they're always cheap and shitty. We don't anymore, actually. We gave <laughs> up on those because they are upgraded. Yeah, I got fed up with them ripping. <laughs> they they are pretty thin and crappy. It's like when you have those plastic, like almost blister packed, like food containers that you know they just punch holes in the side of the bag, and it's like, oh, 
Let's hope I can make it to the bin without it spilling out or getting bigger. Yeah. Bins. <laughs> bin. you got me bin laser stories. To the bins. Something that Rodco can help with, maybe. You can be my our, our bin range focus group. No, he doesn't pissing you off about no. bins right now. <laughs> not very focused. Oh, okay, <laughs> for a focus group. <laughs> if it's a group of one, then it's not very focused. <laughs> focus group. Yeah, it's come on, focus. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> okay. Podcast about video uh, games. Oh, that's all cleared up. Yep. What's going on in the world? What's the news? What going Wow. Wow. Following on from the, I don't know, Kojima gate, I suppose. Okay. That we, I think we've touched on before. Where Why Kojima is everything a gate? A... Freaking hell. When's that going to end? Oh, like, Watergate was a long time ago. Now, now everything is a gate. In fairness, I think I just said that. I don't think Kojima gate is actually what they've been calling it. <laughs> sure. like, they would call it something Metal Gear related, right? It would be like, yeah. I don't know. Sure. Remind okay. me of the story. What was the deal? So he left. <laughs> well, he left or was kicked or from Konami, and right. the story is, is not clear at this point because I believe, uh, last I heard, I think Hideo's still actually under NDA agreement not to disclose what happened, although I think it's been sort of generally said that Konami wanted him gone from right. the sources for some reason. So we don't okay. know exactly what's happened, but it sounds like they had a massive falling out because... Um, He's, you know, while Metal Gear is being, he's still working on Metal Gear. He's allowed to do that, but everything else, um, he's not allowed to touch anymore. Uh, to the point where there was a point where his name was being removed from the advertising for products made by, you know, his leadership, I guess. So, you know, the pages for Silent Hills, for instance, they took his name off of that. So, so it's no longer right. a Hideo Kojima game. And for a bit <laughs> before they, they cancelled that. Well, yes, this is where this is leading, and Silent Hills has been cancelled. Mm. Okay. It seemed a bit unnecessary to have that middle step. <laughs> it's like, we're going to take your name off it, and then we're just going to ruin the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Which has made people quite unhappy, because, you know, it's coming off the back of that whole PT thing, which everyone seems to bloody love. And, and to be honest, it is a pretty awesome bit of marketing, but... I guess people were excited for what that game could be on the back of PT. Mm. And it's uh, it's never going to happen now. I guess this doesn't stop. I mean, the annoying thing about that, or the more intriguing thing about Silent Hills, I guess, is that it was a Kojima and Guillermo del Toro collaboration thing, you know? Yeah, now that kind of, of what, thing is kind of exciting, kind of, potentially. Ex- exactly. What kind of messed up monsters could he come up with? Yeah, um, I mean... Just look at Hellboy 2, etc. and stuff. Or, or, or like Pan's Labyrinth or whatever. Exactly. That kind of stuff. It, it, you know, it could have been a real interesting thing. Even if I know for a fact it was not going to be something that I would be interested in. As a yeah, sort but... of general, its existence was interesting. Sure. Um, so, it's a, so it's a shame that that's not going to happen. Um, but what, what's he going to do now? What's the deal? No one knows, knows anything. No who one even knows, knows no. why he's left. It's like the frickin', um the guy from no. uh, the guy from Bungie. What was this guy? The the composer guy, Marty O'Donnell. Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, still nobody yes. knows what happened there, do they? They like, not exactly, well, not or at least not that I've public. looked up yeah. since since it was news. You know, 
Uh, yeah, so it's a bit... I mean, it sounds like it was a fairly non-amicable breakup, you know, because why else would it be like this? Hmm. Does seem strange. So, so what's you know, the latest, then? He, I mean, he's... But he, well, that's pretty... Silent Hill's getting cancelled was oh, pretty right. much the latest. That's pretty much it, okay. Yeah. Okay. I guess we'll have to wait and see how the story develops, right? Because yeah, I mean, almost, almost certainly, almost certainly, he'll form his own studio and carry on, right? Because he's like, he's like a yeah. video gaming rock star. You know? Do you think yeah, he doesn't that... know how to work without money? <laughs> That's his problem. I don't think he just fun. absorbs money. Well, it makes you like, uh, who published Evil Within recently? Because that was, um, I want to say Sakaguchi, I think, who's like the creator of Resident Evil or something, was okay. was was on that. And if people like that can, you know, get picked up by a large publisher to make a, you know, to carry on the survival horror genre, I don't think Hideo's going to have any problem. I don't know. Mm. He, he, he like he has that reputation of using so much money that people might be reluctant to risk it. Yeah, but then again, the always like such they, an event. They might be risking like a Duke Nukem situation where he just keeps absorbing money for ages, and then, then the end up product isn't that great. <laughs> He's, I don't think he's he's ever been that bad previously. I mean, we know Metal Gear is good. You know, Metal Gear has already proven itself to likely be a good product thanks to Ground Zeroes. Mm. Um, you know, Metal Gear Four, love it or hate it, is a big fucking weird ass game that kind of deserves to exist. If you ask me, it was it's a bizarre thing, but I enjoyed my time with it. I, I, I think you played that be, game. Yeah, like, like when uh, that must have been a while ago. It's quite an old game, yeah. isn't it? At this point, yeah, it's like a PS3 yeah. launch. Uh, it wasn't launch. It was a little launch. while. It was okay. a little while after. I think it's about halfway through its life cycle. Really? Okay. Yeah, it was, quite, it was a reasonable while. I think maybe not half, but a little. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think a world without Hideo, Ko- Hideo Kojima games is a slightly more boring one. Mm. Just because they're so crazy. He'll be back. He will definitely be back. It's not. It's, it's not like he's getting old or anything, is it? Really? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, he's not like okay. retiring age or anything. No, I guess not. He's not like Shigzy, I suppose. No. Where Shigzy could drop out any time he wanted and be quite comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. Cool. So other controversial news, I suppose, uh, was the Steam mod thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. So it's let's go back game. on it. <laughs> what happened? Oh god, mod gate. <laughs> Everything's a gate. Right. Yeah, you have to. You have to come up with. It has to be like. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to think of a really dumb thing in Skyrim. That would be a, that would have come in with a mod that you could call it, but I can't think of any dumb, particularly dumb Skyrim mods that steal the name of. No, I, I wouldn't know. Macho Man Dragon Gate. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from that, one wasn't played. So the story behind this was that Valve, working with Bethesda, um, decided to allow Steam to support uh, mods to be paid for. Um, so you know you could generate your thing and then if you wanted money for it you could start charging money for it on the service mm-hmm. problem being that the, and that the community obviously doesn't like this because mods are considered to be a sort of freedom of expression thing um for them so they obviously kicked up a first going what this is but this isn't right come on 
And, well, and also, additionally, for those that were actually okay with the concept of people paying for mods, you know, to be rewarded for their hard work and stuff like that, the cuts that Bethesda and Valve were taking were a bit much. Um, so Valve takes their customary 30% cut, which is apparently standard for everything they do, right? everything they sell. From selling the games um, to all of everything, yeah. selling hats and shit. But Bethesda... Oh, with their own hats, right, yeah. But... Yeah, sure. Any but other Bethesda games? obviously could decree a, a cut on top of that, and I think that made it up. They, they took like 40% or something. So, so basically, leaves... the, the end creator was only getting 30% of the charge. Right. Um, so f- from whichever way you look at this, this doesn't really feel like what Valve were intending. Like they came out and said, "Look, the reason why we're doing this is that we think if people get paid for their for their work, then everybody wins, right? Because the guys that are creating the content uh, get more of an impetus to make great content, and then they will get rewarded for doing so, so they can therefore carry on making great content, um, whilst simultaneously the players get a better quality product. You know that kind. Or do they?" But that's the thing, yeah. Or do they? Do, or is it just open it up to a whole load of crap mods well, that, that you have to pay for? That was the obvious problem, that they they basically met, flicked a switch that allowed you to put a price on workshop mods, essentially. Mm. It wasn't really very complicated. And that's why it was a bad idea, because it wasn't complicated, because there was like no quality control and no, no Valve... way to prevent people from just uploading a free mod off the Nexus and yeah, Steam <laughs> sealing is... it or whatever. Steam has already proven itself to be kind of terrible at quality control thanks to early access and green light. Yeah. So mm-hmm. adding this to the mix doesn't, you know, no one's particularly confident in that being a good outcome. And obviously the other problem that the community was annoyed about was that they introduced it in a game where the mods already existed and that was bound to cause problems. Yeah. You, you, you were... I mean, there were, there were some mods, for instance. There was, there's it, Some of Skyrim works on the principle of mods building upon mods. Well, a lot of Skyrim does. Yeah. Like, Practically like, everything uh, uses the script extender. Yeah, the script extender, there's one, I think, is it Sky UI or something like well, that? Well, that's just like the UI fixes to make it less like the shit Sure, console. but there are a number of mods that then build, build on that. what that yeah. provides. Um, but Sky UI became a paid mod, meaning that these other mods that rely on it couldn't function unless players bought the Sky UI mod. Right. So it basically fucked everything up. Yeah. And... And really, it's like it was bad because they all already existed. But even if they hadn't already all existed, it's still a problem. It's like if if someone had made a mod and it, and made it paid, and then everyone else wanted to build upon that mod, but then you you've it's like the people who want to just make something cool and put it out for free, they're still effectively behind a paywall because they're behind the other guy's paywall. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, so the what. They basically had a no-win situation for anyone, really, apart from Valve and Bethesda, who would like would get cash out of it. Yeah, just get money. And none, none of what the their messaging was saying come to came to fruition. As it, it just seems so badly thought through, and like you know, admittedly, after the fact, they have now stopped that. They reverted on their position, saying, "Okay, it turns out this was a bad idea," um, but they sort of said it in a sort of like, we're not done with this kind of way. I think they basically came out and said, look, we're going to keep investigating this because we think it's a good idea well, we... for, to, you know, to encourage people to get rewarded for what they make. Um, 
but at the same time, they then did that, they said it's it's clear that the approach we took wasn't what anyone really wanted. It's, it'll be fine if they when they just do it on a new game, so it doesn't have any mods to start with. So there's no pre existing I mean, idea of them not being the option. Maybe, but, it's but totally... you know, it will still cause the same problems with the stacking of yeah. mods if they if you don't. Basically, everyone seems to think that the next likely target will be Fallout Four. Which obviously, whenever that yeah. actually comes out, probably there'll be something before that. But Doom, the next major maybe. one, okay. but Doom is Bethesda, so maybe that maybe that will get something. I don't know. But the trouble is that like Bethesda games just inherently cause that problem because mm. they're so fucked. <laughs> they need mods upon mods to actually like build a structure for other mods to work upon. Well, yeah, if they float Skyrim six or, or not Skyrim, Elder Scrolls. <laughs> is it, where are they up to now? Is it six? Or yeah, Skyrim six. five. Yeah, yeah. Five. So if Elder Scrolls six has some mods, you know, properly baked in mod support, then maybe this wouldn't have been so much of an issue in the first place. I don't know. I mean, a bunch of other people were also saying that like maybe they should have thought about doing it with city skylines, but I don't think. That sort of has the opposite problem, where I don't think there's enough like actual modability in city skylines. It's like you can make fancy buildings, but no one's going to buy those because that's just like a graphical thing. Mm. And the actual modding, well, you say that that's no different from like like I don't know. <laughs> well, okay, some people screens. are going to buy them, yeah, but it's not going to be like you're not going to be able to charge more than like ten, twenty p. Yeah, exactly. And then like I don't think there's actually that much like deep modding you can do in Skylines as it stands really. Yeah. You can do some but not for like I mean, a, not a five quid mod. <laughs> yeah. I mean this is the thing, like in that in the, in that case, like if it's microtractions as in super microtransactions, like a few pennies here and there, then maybe it's okay. Uh but you know, if you're talking several quids for a mod that perhaps just puts haha I'm a mod on screen you know <laughs> without you knowing. I mean some of the protest mods that came out were pretty great. <laughs> oh yeah. What did they do? Um there was this, there was the slightly unsubtle variants, like one that added the Gaben troll, which was basically a troll with Gabe Newell's face on it with dollar signs for eyes mm. <laughs> into the game. The unsubtle one, or the more subtle version, where someone added a beggar that that basically hung out outside every town that was dressed in quite fancy clothing, like you know. <laughs> But and uh, the, the description read like, "Oh, just adds a beggar outside every town that will take your money for no reason." Like <laughs> community fought back, yo, and the community won. Wow, sort of. For now, for now, this battle isn't over. I feel probably over for Skyrim. <laughs> yeah. So, what is the ultimate outcome? So, Val backtracked, I guess, right? Yeah. Or, and so the ultimate also... outcome at the moment is that there was no outcome. It's back right. to where it started. Okay. So it just reverted everything. Mm. Uh, it's back to where it started, least... but everyone's pissed off. <laughs> yeah. Basically, what they've done is they've annoyed everyone. Is the result of it all? Right. right. So okay. they've lost. They, they, I, I, I think they're on the right track with workshop and stuff like that in general. But the fact that it's been mostly free so far, it's, it's sort of worked in its favour. Uh, they need to think of a subtler way of adding this stuff in, or at least you know make it less obvious how much of a cut they are taking. Or right. it, seemed, it's, it just felt it just feels so unfair. Something about it just doesn't rub me the right way. Well, apparently you're not alone, which yeah. makes sense. I mean, um... well, I, it's it's a problem with anyone when you suddenly go from free to money. It never feels well, good, right? No, I mean, but I don't know. It's good. 
I mean, the, the principle of having the mod creators be allowed to charge what they want for their mods or whatever, it doesn't seem too bad. As long as if you were taking zero cut, then maybe that would be, you know, yeah, would have been welcomed. Even though I, mean, be, I still have the situation fine, but... where if the one guy who made the mod that everyone's built on started charging, then you couldn't use any of anyone else's stuff unless you paid him or her. I think if if Valve and Bethesda's cut combined was like thirty percent. Yeah, then this wouldn't have been quite so bad. On you right. know, apart from the fact you would have had to pay for mods that were previously free, that kind of stuff. Hmm. Um, the you know the if if the cut was only that much, then you know the argument that the developers get rewarded it seems a bit more plausible. Yeah, uh, uh, and but, it's not like I mean you, know, you could still with it adding like up to seventy percent. That's right? where if you problem is with it adding up to seventy percent, it feels like you know you just got a crappy publishing deal. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> which is the traditional market, I guess. But. So, I mean, who's to? So, Valve just did their standard thirty percent, and then it was like Bethesda, Bethesda or added, put on top. Added, yeah, added a forty percent right. cut themselves. Because so you think gave... it would have been all right if they negotiated their the the Bethesda equivalent cut out of the thirty percent Valve cut. Yeah, then, I, mean, I think that would have been fine. Yeah, yeah, it seems. Or it's at least a lot better because you're then yeah. you know. The modders get rewarded as they should, and still Valve another, still, you know, get get something. It's still another revenue stream for Valve. Another so. revenue stream for Valve, and a new oh. one for Bethesda as well. Hmm. Even if it's small, but yeah, they, what they, you know, it feels like they perhaps should have tested the water a little more subtly with this stuff. Yeah, rather than just coming you know in going there. in so deep. And as Zach says, maybe if it was on, if it was a subtle cut on a new game. That you know has only just come out, and all of its mod support is like this. Then perhaps it would have made a lot more sense, and perhaps it would have eased in. But instead, they choose the one of the most popular modded games. Modern on games, Steam. yeah, yeah. Well, to run an several people, several people were saying that like no one's complaining about the new Unreal Tournament having microtransaction mods where you like buy maps or whatever. Well, that's because no one's really playing them. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the main reason why no one's complaining about it. But it was in from the start, so that like it was always there, so people didn't really notice or but that's like notice a full, to complain that, about it. But that's because like the weird game is source project, isn't it? That whole game. Yeah, it was it's because it? Unreal Tournament is going to be effectively free. And, and I think that's what you like, want for it is what you pay for. I think that's still just as dumb for Unreal Tournament because it's like if you're playing on a mod player server, you need the maps. The maps <laughs> that's, how, that's how that game works. The maps are going to be the problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> Presumably, that won't be something they can do like that, don't they? But then again, like games do that for DLC. It's you know, it's a tricky one. It's for running servers, it's a real tricky one. Hopefully, they'll figure something out for that. So yeah, Modgate. It was interesting seeing Gaben in like emergency control mode or whatever, doing emergency AMAs to Reddit and saying, "Don't hate yeah, me." Yeah, so he didn't really, he didn't really he didn't do really an emergency anything, AMA. Yeah. He said a, he did a try and reinforce the message AMA, and then it was like, oh, I guess that even that didn't that work. That didn't work either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he said some weird stuff, like he said, like if you piss off the internet, it costs you millions of dollars or something to do with email or what? Do you see that? Well, I'm sure it does. You get yeah. a massive flood of crap in your inbox of people bitching at you. Yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Time loss, I suppose. Yeah. Well, hopefully they learn their lesson. Everyone brought out that stupid old um, 
Steam GIF, you know, from when Steam originally launched and was shit. You know, the one where someone bending over and the Steam logo is like in, penetrating them pretty much. Is, do you remember that one? <laughs> I don't actually. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic GIF, and everyone was bringing it back out again. Oh, anyway. <laughs> So, in good development news... In good news? Uh, the big news of the week, for me, probably. Well, I'm, I'm going to say something else first, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm, cool. I'm going to go... Ding, 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 ding. Wait, that's not... That's not even... Is that even good news, really? It's news. News? <laughs> it's something? I would say it's amazing. It's Rob's pinball update. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> I said that with a, like, a, oh... <laughs> Oh, the pinball update. I just, I was going, oh, because I meant that was a bad joke. The dinging. Ding, 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 it wasn't ding, because ding, I'm ding, against ding, ding. pinball. It was that that was a weird, weird audio based, like, that was meant to be like a ticker tape, but also sound like a pinball machine. Is that right? It's not the first time I've done that. Admittedly, it's been a real long time since I've done an official pinball update. It's not well, a ticker tape, it's telegraph, isn't it? And I don't think you've ever done the noise quite that much. <laughs> and normally I do it a bit like, yeah, a bit more. Rather than ding, 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 I suppose. Uh, the DX11 lighting stuff has finally hit beta in Pinball Arcade, meaning we can now have our version look a bit like the X-Bone version and PS4 version. And it, it looks look pretty nice. Is it as the PS4 version? It does look pretty nice. It has to be said, the lighting model is pretty cool, um, but it doesn't run totally great yet, at least not on my machine. Um, but they're finally doing it. God damn it. It's only like a year after they said they would. But there, there appears to be like one guy working on it. So One guy. Just one guy called Mike. He's doing a good job. So big up him, but come on, get it. Hurry up. <laughs> no, on, no pressure, man. Come on, Mike. Yeah. Put your finger out. <laughs> it's cool that it's finally here. Um, I like to see it finished. Pimble news done. Woo. Okay. Uh, more development news. How much do you do you like Rare's previous 3D platforming games? I'm talking Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie, and Donkey Kong 64. And maybe I Conker. like the... Oh, yeah, and Conker. Yeah, definitely Conker. <laughs> and yeah. that other one. Shit, yeah, Conker. I like them. Not as much as the Nintendo platformers, but, you know. Sure. I was a big fan of Banjo-Kazooie. I thought that was a really good game. And Donkey Kong 64 is pretty good as well. And I never finished Conker because it's actually pretty difficult. Kickstarter <laughs> uh, so- news. Yes, right. Kickstarter news. Like a lot of old, actual old, re- old rare guys that you know aren't rare as we think of them now. Because who are they? They all left. Who are they? Um, have formed a new company called Playtonic Games and have been immediately kickstarted to make a Banjo Kazooie spiritual successor called. And this is probably the worst bit about this news. It's called Ukulele, but spelt really weirdly, a bit like Banjo Kazooie. Um. Was Banjo okay. Kazooie actually spelt that weirdly? Well, Banjo was spelt right, but Kazooie, you know, Kazooie. <laughs> yeah, but that's just that's Kazooie with like extra letters. <laughs> yeah. like, well, okay. Yuka is spelt Y O O K A dash Lely, L A Y L E E. Yeah. Yuka Lely. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's dumb, but still. That's pretty dumb. Could be good. But still. It, well, it, 
here's the thing, right? Probably I, not. I, <laughs> it's been, I, been it's so been a really long time. Long. It's oh been a really God. long time since we've had a 3D platformer that isn't a Mario game. You know what I mean? And I guess Mario still proves that you can do them, but they're not, they're kind of different from what Mario 64 was right now. Oh, totally. It's like, I guess the last one like that may be the Galaxy games, but even they've Galaxy kind two, of... maybe? But even yeah. Then, yeah. They've sort of moved away from that sort of adventure feel. Like Sunshine, I suppose, is the last one in that traditional mold, I guess. Mm. Maybe. Um so yeah, it's been a while, and it's a question of whether it will hold up, I guess, in modern standards, or if they're going to go about modernizing it. But all the wording they use makes it sound like it's going to be like a you know a love letter to the old old way of doing things. I which think obviously, which obviously a lot of people are getting behind. Yeah, I yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with the Mario City Four model of the, the the hub world and the you know the non-linear way of doing that. I thought that was cool. Mm. You don't. Uh, games seem to be more linear than they used to be in some ways. I don't mean open world ones, but sort of. Yeah, I guess. I suppose the Mario games always let you just sort of go off and do some of the extra stars in different places. You don't have to linearly approach mm. them. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Then so, some, but then something like Mario Wii yeah. U, you do. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the the two D Mario games, but that's consciously that harking really back to those, though. isn't it? Isn't it? It that's consciously harking back to pre Mario sixty four times. Sure, anyway. the, the 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 new Mario games, the new Super Mario Brothers games, are, you know, are targeting Mario Three and World as their sort of style inspiration. Yeah. I suppose I wouldn't have said the actual Mario games, even back to sixty four, were that open because it was like you can do no, different styles, yeah. but yeah. each individual style has a very specific path to get yeah. to it, basically. Well, the level layout sometimes alters to fit to that star and stuff like that. They kind of, and, you know, as soon as you get that star, you get kicked out because it's like, well, you're done here. Mm, yeah, that's true. It wasn't just like, you couldn't just load into, like, Bob on Battlefield and have all seven stars there and collect, be able to do no. whichever one you wanted. Sure, no, which is the Banjo true. model. Yeah. Although the Banjo model was quite irritating in a way because it was a lot easier if you did everything in a single sitting. Like, if you went to that level and did everything in one go. Um, because you were, like, eliminating enemies and getting them out of the way and stuff. Or yeah, they yeah, a bit of that. I think some of them respawned. But a bit of them was, like, because you've triggered events, it just did your process of going through the level that, you know, would have made it easier to finish them off as you as you were just going through. You know, you were sort of doing everything as you went, as you stumbled upon it. Um so you wouldn't go, oh, I wonder if this is what gets me the puzzle piece. Oh, I wonder if... Because it's never that clear. It's not like the stars where it's like, oh, hey, Pete's back. Uh, what, PT Piranha, wherever it is, is back. You're going to have to go fight him. And it's made super obvious that that's what you got to do. It's like, you you get nothing. It's just like, go to this area of the map. Oh, this area of the map looks kind of interesting. But I don't know what I'm doing here. Do I need to do something elsewhere first before I can come here? Do I need an ability I haven't got? It was a little freeform. Um, and the problem was is that you know starting from scratch reset the level to its starting position and there may be stuff you'd have to go figure out or remember more to the point what you did in order to get to the same point you got stuck at last time so you know structurally it was a little problematic but still good games Mm. yeah so (laughs) 
damn, what's the stupid name again? Ukulele. Yeah. Ukulele. It'll be a while, right? But it's been kickstarted, so who knows? I'm sure it'll be good. Oh well, yeah, it's it's basically kickstarted, like basically only really started, and it got like it met its target of like a hundred and something thousand dollars, like pretty much immediately. So they weren't asking and, uh, for like a huge. No, they weren't. They weren't. Their current, although the current forecast, like people are saying that they reckon they'll make a million easy, mm. um, at the rate it's been going. Cool. Well, it's lucky they already had stretch goals set out for pretty much up to a million. Yeah. <laughs> what a surprise. They probably sort of knew what was going to happen. Does anyone like, know what's going on with target. actual Rare? I thought there was some news that they're announcing a game at E3 or something. Is that right? Well, it sounds, sounds about right, doesn't it? Because it's been a while since the last <laughs> Connect Sports was the last thing they did. Right. Um, and that when did that come out? Like early last year, I want to say. They need to put out a game for sure. They've needed to for they, a while. They need to put out a good game. Yeah. They're not going to, are they? Yeah. <laughs> no, probably not. Connect Sport 3. I, I think they can't do that again because yeah. of the Connect not being bundled in. And I, I don't think they can do another Connect game. Or they'll do Connect Sports 3 for a Connect bundle. Maybe. Like a yeah. packing game. Yeah, maybe. Maybe be a little. I was about to say be a little less ambitious, but the ambition is quite, is the only thing that made that game interesting. <laughs> and it also wasn't really ambitious enough even then. No. It, the annoyingly most interesting thing about that game was, well, the jet ski was kind of cool. has to be said, that worked pretty well. Um, but the, the whole face thing, like, <laughs> I, can make, I can make a character that looks like me, kind of. That's pretty cool. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Incredibly cool. <laughs> I guess it's kind of cool. I don't know. Like, they, yeah, I don't know. What franchises they got left? They let they lost a bunch to Nintendo. I guess. Well, they right? still they still own Conquer. They basically is... screwed up Perfect Dark with 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 Perfect Dark Zero. Not that it was that bad, but sure. But they could do it again, and they technically did. Um, they did good by Perfect Dark with that pretty good rem- uh, remastered version of. Oh the yeah, first perfect. Dance. That's true. Uh, although I don't, again, it's hard to say that Rare did that. They probably got a team like some other, yeah. like, a team like Backbone. Probably Backbone did it um, to to put that together. I don't know if Perfect Dark would work today. Like even if you did it fully, fully new and kind of inspired by the old ones. I don't know if that. Sure, there would have to be some changes. Like because just the way it controls doesn't. Isn't oh yeah, no, like, you could SBS completely is. replace that with pretty much Halo or whatever and it would still work. Well, this is kind of why, why, you know, again, I mean, Time Splitters has that same problem, right? And yet the Time Splitters Rewind project, I did check in with it eventually. It's still going, just incredibly slowly. (laughs) I think Um, Perfect Dark would actually, sorry to interrupt, because that is still going, right? The the Time Splitters. Yeah, yeah, Time Splitters Rewind is still a thing. Like when eventually some stuff for that comes out, it'll be interesting to see how that plays because it will be on PC and it's like, okay, this hasn't really been done before like this. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be interesting. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just thinking, like, the way that Deus Ex moved with Human Revolution, it moved in a slightly, if you think about it, universe-wise, it moved in a slightly sort of perfect darkish direction, sort of. I don't know. St- I think a new perfect dark might be a bit Deus Ex-y in terms of the world. You know, like, it had a similar thing where you were in Chicago, even, weren't you? And it had these, like, um, futuristic corporations, and it was raining and stuff and all of that. 
It oh, was, I see. What purely aesthetically, right? Yeah, than... yeah, aesthetically, and like, and you had like laptop briefcase guns and lots of high tech, and then you had aliens and stuff. Like, well, actually, it's not that far off in terms of. I guess, yeah. Well, there needs to be more strip lights that bloom horrifically. That's what Perfect Dark is about. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and, and I mean, corridors made of glass. I mean, honestly, Mass Effect Three had quite a lot of horrific blooming um, oh, strip lights. I thought it looked real good. It looked awesome, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah obviously. <laughs> but it was massively bloomy in a hilarious way. It was pretty much like that Star Trek film. Uh, yeah. But yeah. The trendy wine bar. <laughs> yeah, the trendy wine bar of a bridge. Except the bridge was a lot darker in um, Mass Effect. It was yeah, like that a shit, dark that ship in general is pretty dark. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, other rare franchises. What have they got? Oh, what they got? They well, did, there is they did some, some content Nintendo news stuff, that I don't know if we mentioned. I think we might have done. Um, I mean, I mean, Conquer is coming to Project Spark, but they actually sort of expanded upon it in that there is going to be a full, I say full, a sort of rather large-scale Conquer game that will be released via Project Spark. Right. Who knows what that'll be, but it'll be, nice. you know, cool. presumably well, to try and drum up more interest in Project Spark, but, you know. Well, yeah. Well, which I still you never have know. never tried, despite it being you know free and stuff. I should really try that. Think it'd be worth it? Well, it's free. Of course, it'd be worth it. <laughs> or I mean, worth your time? You never know. You, you can see what people have no, made of it. I don't know the full capabilities of that thing, but if they're attempting a conquer game in it, and they've shown some footage and stuff of it, it looks all right. Sure. So. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So we'll have to wait and see whether maybe Rare will come up with a new thing. You never know. Well, the last time they did that was Viva Pinata. <laughs> was it? Well, or if, you, if you're ignoring Connect Sports, I suppose. Yeah, I guess it was. Which was technically new Rare, not old Rare, I suppose, by that I logic. mean, that was awesome, but it was a bit too niche. That's the only problem with Viva yeah. Pinata. It's a, it's a great it's game. Like, but it's, it's like It's meant a to be bit. a kid's game, but it's too, like... Good. It's pretty hardcore. <laughs> Complicated. Yeah. yeah. But we liked it, so I wouldn't mind seeing. Although it was it was a weird sort of heavy handed attempt by that, that game was a weird heavy handed attempt by Microsoft as well to do that whole cross media thing, wasn't it? Because it was a cartoon that flopped massively, Ugh. and the game was supposed to tie into it and stuff like that. Except it didn't really tie into it. It was just sort of the same universe and things like that, and it didn't didn't really work as planned. Um, it worked well enough that they made a second Viva Pinata game, but, you know. That's true. I think they did that for love rather than because it yeah. made financial sense. <laughs> and I guess before... No, actually, was I'm trying to remember when... Like, Viva Pinata must have come after, must have been afterwards, but then before that was Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. Yeah. Which I that, don't that, like. That game is um, famous for having, like, um, snarky like comments in it isn't it it's got like a yeah. bunch of references to how awful the development was in the game which is really but, weird yeah because it's it went through so because it was originally going to be banjo 3e you know right. and went and went through a number of uh, design changes got merged with another project that rare were yep. working on that got cancelled um yep. yeah it's, it's a bit of a weird mismatch of old projects is what nuts like, and bolts is like weirdly um, screwed around by Microsoft to the point where the main baddie in the game is pretty much Microsoft. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really wish that was how it actually played out. 
I didn't like that game. I didn't get no. very far of it and just I didn't get it. Even if you took Banjo out of the equation, you know, the fact that they used that word onto a game that wasn't really the same. Yeah. Um, I still out. don't. I still don't think I would have liked it. Like Star Fox Adventures. Fun. Like, they yeah. tacked that onto Dinosaur Planet, didn't they? Sure, but that was an okay game, right? Oh, Zach liked <laughs> it. It was like a poopy Zelda riff-off, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, it was pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, I'm that was the first you. game I remember they had that cool fur effect. Yeah, the fur was okay. But it was still a poopy Zelda rip-off. Yeah. Speaking of dumb... Cartoon Titans. I watched some of Sonic Boom. Oh, really? Well, I haven't seen any of that. It's not terrible. They're a bit like over enthusiastic about slow mo. It's like in every episode I've seen so far, they've had at least one dramatic Aah! where like someone's diving through the air or something, and it goes all slow mo for a minute. It's like that. Ah, you need to stop doing that. <laughs> the Sonic's car goes so fast. Is that how you see things? I guess. <laughs> But, but apart from that, it's all right. Well, this is what I, I, mean. do I like... didn't think the writing, you know, from the bits I've seen of the Sonic Boom game, I didn't think the writing was its weak point. Well, I think like, the thing that makes the cartoon... Apart from bounce pads and I like rings. <laughs> yes. and this is apart from the things that they say all the time. <laughs> this look, the, hey, this looks like a ramp. I bet we could use it as a ramp. I think what the, it makes the cartoon version maybe better is there's quite a lot more focus on robotic. Rather than some random snake dude like there was in the game. Robotnik is inherently the one character they can make as funny as they want, right? Yes. And they again, they've been doing that quite well since Sonic's Color. <laughs> yes. He, he's quite more involved in some comedy. And it's weird where like they have this whole Sonic Boofy where they've made all the made all these adjustments to the characters, but then you still have that cute bot and orb bot from Colors. They're still there. Why why do they keep those guys? <laughs> Why were they so cool that they decided to survive to the Sonic Boom generation? Because they're effective. I guess they were the most obvious comedic relief, right? But, the, but like his other, it's like he has them as his like sidekicks, I guess, because mm. they're always there making dumb comments as they do. I guess they're not plucks and grounder or whatever they <laughs> were from scratch. Yeah, from Sat M. Because goddamn it, they were annoying. But they would have been quite quite interesting to be modernized, <laughs> maybe with less redundant voices. <laughs> But like all his, or when you have Robotnik with his other robots, it's like the classic robot designs, like the ladybird thing with one wheel and the buzz bombers. And it's like, that's like really weird. Why? Because they're classic. <laughs> yes, but it's like you compare them to these like weird orb with arms and like a face, and then mm. it's just like classic old robot. <laughs> Animal robot. Oh, what you don't, you think they don't work so well together. Yeah, it's just like, it's just like, let's choose random elements from the timeline of Robotnik stuff and just mash them together. Well, who knows? Cubot and Orbot could be like, I don't know, advanced technology that he doesn't want to waste on all of his minion bots. Well, you know, and then there's still the occasional, like, major robot where it's like, here's a big robot that they have to fight. And then that's just like generic. That's like Snake Power thing. Rangers or whatever. It's just a big thing <laughs> that's vaguely robotish. And it does a thing, and then you punch it and it falls over. Yeah. <laughs> with, a, with a dazed look on its face, it has a face. Yep, exactly. So, I think I saw like a good portion of the first episode of it and thought, this is all right. It's all right. Knuckles isn't quite as dumb as he seems. <laughs> <laughs> I heard he gets a whole episode like pretty much to himself at some point. Well, I'm sure they all do. Mm-hmm. They have to do that. That's the classic maneuver. Yeah. Mix up. In a weird way, it makes the Sonic Boom game sound like more of a cynical move. 
by Sega. Like we've made the we've got this great idea for a cartoon and it's coming together real well. Shit, let's slap a game together. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like the, it seems like the, they tried to have it be attached to the same world because it. I haven't seen it in any of the episodes that I've seen because I've only seen like the first five or six, maybe. But they, it seems like later on there's like the other villagers from the village in the game. All right. But if in the game, it's like some ridiculous island in the middle of nowhere that they've only just got to, and, and then there's like time travel. And yeah. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't seem to get into that at all so far that I've seen in the start of the cartoon, which is like kind of weird. The cartoon kind of separates itself from a story, really. They want the episodes to be... Sort yeah, of... self-contained. Yeah. But then it seems to, it still seems to try and take place in that world, but will they bother to try and exit it? Because if you think about like, fucking Sonic X that <laughs> yeah. started with the whole thing it was like the how they got to this world was the f- was the first episode yeah someone actually explained why they're not on Mobius anymore yeah. it's like after after Sonic Adventure just kind of went yeah humans whatever yeah and then they worked Sonic Adventure back into that storyline later where it made sense and it's like it's logic <laughs> people actually thought that through which is odd it doesn't really fit with Sonic, right? Thinking things through. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there's that. News? I do still have a complete set of Sonic X figurines. Yep, you do. <laughs> that is probably the lowest moment of my existence. <laughs> <laughs> that is the lowest ebb. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you're nerding out about Sonic. I'm nerding out slightly about Star Wars. They've just put out like six new pictures, and that's it. Like some stills. But like, you sound like a GTA reveal. Yeah. There's one. (laughs) Dan won't shut up about it (laughs) (laughs) for ages. It's like, oh my god, a screenshot. (laughs) Just you wait until later. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I know it's going to get worse over the course of this year. (laughs) Oh yeah. There's a picture of the cool-looking rebel pilot or whatever. He's not rebel, what do they call it? Resistance pilot or whatever. They've got the same logo as the Rebel Alliance with his new X-Wing. And he's, like, looking cool hanging off the side of the cockpit of the new X-Wing, you know, on a planet or whatever. I swear, he's got his... It looks like he's got his foot in the um, the freaking torpedo tube. <laughs> like, that doesn't <laughs> seem like a good idea. Is that a foot? Well, it's just a tube. Yeah, I <laughs> if, you, if you had to dangle off the side of the X-Wing, because there's not really much else on the X-Wing. No. But is that is that you know if it was a well, you're not firing it at the time, so you're probably no. okay. Yeah. <laughs> you think that's okay to put your foot in the torpedo tube? I don't know. It's just a tube. That's probably. Yeah, I guess they, you don't even really know like what even are the torpedoes in? The, are they like energy in the Star Wars universe, or are there actual physical torpedo parts in there? I thought they were a bit like chunky missiles, weren't they? In that well, they never show it more than like a glowing ball, really, yeah, do they? In the films, they're kind of glowy, aren't they? But they must be physical things compared to the laser bolts, I think. I think they must have physical parts, the proton torpedoes, don't they? X-Wings have torpedo tubes? Yeah, because that's how they blow up the Death Star. It's like the, the yeah, port is ray-shielded, so you'll have to use proton uh, torpedoes. That's the line. No, right? I guess. Yeah. You play X-Wings with a TIE fighter and you get them. But then proton torpedoes basically act more like just missiles, right, in, the tr- in that sense. Okay. Like rather than torps, as in like I don't know, in other space franchises where torps are incredibly slow-moving giant. Oh yeah, things. yeah. No, well, no, they they're, they're they infer like that. I, well, I guess in the X-wing setup, they never use them ship to ship. 
They it, only use them for the bombing run, which makes them like torpedoes because yeah. they're presumably unguided, and the fact that they just go down the hole is Well, they are guided because there's the whole targeting the computer of doodly, 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 and he's like... No, that's just for typing, computer. though. That's not necessarily guidance. That's like telling you when to fire them, isn't it? What, and you think at that point they're dumb, like you just... Yeah, they might be just dumb missiles. But they would have still had to, like, I don't know, do that. They, they go straight down, they make a sudden course change, right? That might just be camera angle, though. Because he, he, he implies that when he was shooting Womp Rats or Dazzarine or whatever, that's just like a bombing run, isn't it? You're firing with a projectile arc. Yeah, and the fact that it just... Maybe there's, like, the ray shielding of the Death Star Chief actually sort of funnels them, almost. Like, it's magnetically repulsive, but they... I think that shot... Right is, I really think they explained. added that yeah. actual shot of the torpedo going into the tube. I think they added that in the special edition. I, th- I, I think that's a weird shot, because it looks like he uses the force to actually, like, <laughs> curve it around in, like, a weird way. <laughs> Uh, uh, just as he's like, and then he breathes out in a kind of dramatic fashion. I mean, in theory, like, the Death Star is big enough that it would have gravity on the surface to suck them down downwards towards the surface. Yeah, that's true. So you true. could potentially, like, have an actual parabola arc of your fire. <laughs> that's true. I don't know. It's mysterious. Because that's not how it looks on the little computer simulation, the really basic computer simulation that they well yeah the computer basic. simulation shows it more like a bomber because it like yeah. the, the dot that releases it like it releases the, it from the bottom and then the dot goes down and the ship Curves. curves up yeah like an actual yeah. bomber would yeah must have some guidance i reckon that computer is setting up the the, the guidance like the maybe you know, yeah laser targeting I, I, i'm more on that side maybe they call I, I just had a thought that maybe they just call them torpedoes not because they're actually you know torps in that traditional sense i suppose but because you know they, they often equate space combat to naval combat and like and maybe right. that's the only real reason well yeah but that's still the same really as torpedoes it's like you don't torpedoes. Get underwater missiles Torpedoes can sometimes be guided and sometimes not be guided it's like it just depends mm. <laughs> But maybe that's what I mean. Maybe they call them that in the Star Wars universe to like refer to any kind of like I don't know fighter style missiles as well. They're just torpedoes because they're going full on naval nomenclature. Yeah, but they definitely have missiles as well, don't they? In in Star Wars, like actual light lock on. For sure, but they might be not torpedoes. Probably not (laughs) shown in the movies. Yeah, what other ones you get in? um, Because they have it in in uh, game. Slave One has a missile, doesn't it? Like, oh, yeah, I guess that yeah. tracking missile. Yeah, he doesn't call that a torpedo, or does he? Wait, does, it, does he call it anything? Does he say fire it? <laughs> I guess maybe. What did the A wing or something like in, get like in, this in X wing versus Starfighter or whatever? I they are no, probing missiles. That's what kind of. But, uh, other than the fact they're insanely fast, that seems to be the main thing that because they've got huge like torpedo tubes on the side, haven't they? What are they called in Star Trek? Are they concussion called, called missile. Torpedoes? There you go. Concussion <laughs> missile. That was right. Oh, okay. I don't know okay. why they're called concussion missile, but that's it. Yeah. Anywho, Star Wars. There's stuff will happen. There will be more. So the, the six images were basically because they had to do something for May the 4th, right? Uh, I guess. There's a picture of the bad guy who's the guy who looks cool. There's a picture of the cool-looking X-Wing guy. There's like a bunch of pictures of awesome looking weird aliens from the not Tatooine Tatooine planet. <laughs> uh, and that's mostly it. Oh no, there's a there's a picture of the in the weird looking like silvery stormtrooper of doom. 
who's apparently played by the the Brienne of Tarth from from Game of Thrones. Woo. But you don't watch Game of Thrones, so you don't know who that is. Oh. But it's okay. She's the awesome giant knight lady who murderizes people. Weirdly, I actually know who that is who because that I is. caught a glimpse of it today. Just as I was channel hopping, there was a bit of it on Sky Atlantic, and it's right. like, and they were having a conversation about how she's the ugliest girl like ever. Oh right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ho was really disappointed by that whole conversation. She was like, "Oh, I like that character, and that was the most boring, shitty backstory ever. <laughs> now I hate it, her." It did, it did seem quite. Shitty. Yes, it was really dull so and shitty. Basically, the bit of Game of Thrones that I have now seen has not sold me on Game of Thrones at all. <laughs> no, that's not the cool part, to be fair. But I'm not saying that you would like it, necessarily. I think you would, actually, Rob, but, I mean, I would, in general. You're probably right. I probably would, but it's just, it's been so long now. <laughs> oh, screw it. Yeah, watch it all in a box yeah. set one day in the 10 years' time or something. Then you'll be fine. Star Wars. Like yes. <laughs> Video game news. Um, my news of the week, which you, I'm sure you've heard, is Far about late, Dirt Rally. Oh, well, we get into that later. Well, yeah, we were we were purposefully not uh, talking about that. Okay, let's not talk about it. Woo! Next. And the same reason we're also purposefully not talking about Kerbal Space Program yet. <laughs> that's, okay. that's fairly easy in itself. Or should we say that now, then? Well, both those games came out. There you go. Well, we'll talk about those games more later on. Well, they, technically, no, they didn't. Dirt Rally came out in early access. Well, that's blue. equivalent. And Kerbal Space Program is no longer early access. It is officially 1.0. Da-da-da-da. It's out. out. Oh. <laughs> yep, it can no longer win our best game that has not come out yet award. <laughs> I can't tell. I'm looking at like I don't know if it's PC Gamer US. I guess it's PC Gamer US, or whether that's even a different thing from PC Gamer UK. But either way, now that Kerbal Space Program is out, they gave it a review because it's out, and they gave it 96. Yeah. Wow, that's a hell of a score. Yeah. So that doesn't happen very often from them. So mm. there you go. That that's was sort of, of news. Yeah. But yes, we'll talk about Dirt Rally later. Okay. That was my news, so <laughs> I don't really We'll talk about it now, in fact, if news is over. Sure, let's do it. Let's talk about Dirt Rally. <laughs> okay. So one of you's played it then, I, I take it. No, we've both played it. Because we've both played it. Played it. Yeah. And recorded a video of it. We've done a video of it as well. Oh, so. shit, I want to see that. You put it up. You won't for like two or three more weeks. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's fine. I can do that as the next one I've done. I've got I've yeah, got a Final Fantasy and a Besiege video in the hopper ready to go. So it's cool. Um, so I, I could skip ahead if I get time to code it up and stuff. Uh, yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere, right? Apparently. Yep, it, on purpose it came out of nowhere, right? So what's the right. deal? It's the game that we wanted for like for like years. <laughs> Yeah, and, and now it's sort of, suddenly here. They've sort of made good on, uh, like, I guess it was what the first Colin McRae dirt was sort of felt like it was heading towards, and then had all this other stuff in it as well, and then they sort of ran away from it um, wildly in Dirt Two and Three. Mm. Um, so yeah, this basically looks like the very focused rally game we've been looking for. Um, and, you know, having played it, that's absolutely what they're going for. <laughs> right. It's pretty hardcore. That's what I expected, and, right? And kind of in a good way. It's, yeah. 
but Even not in, I really not fucking struggled the first time I picked up a controller because man, that was hard. Like right. getting, I was all right. The set on this on by the second run, I'd sort of learned how Figured you need out. to tackle the game. Problem was, is I'd come off literally like by playing Forza Horizon, like you know, minutes earlier, I suppose. Right. Yeah, trying to get and then back going to... into something that is, you know, yeah, pretty pretty good simulation, I think. But um, I take it it's not like Richard Burns Rally style insanity. <laughs> I mean, it sort of is, and it isn't at the same time in a weird right. way. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough about Richard Burns to, I don't know, make enough comparisons. I mean, there's no OS map on screen. But... <laughs> no. I mean, you were, you were talking about that there is a bit of a flame war going on between the... Uh... Well, yeah, a bunch of people in comment threads and half, it's like half the people seem to be saying that like it's not hardcore enough because they're all obsessed with Richard Burns and then the other half of people are like, this is hardcore enough, you're just going in a slightly different direction than Richard Burns. Yeah. You know, it's like those people who are, who are used to that don't actually know what it's like driving a car because they're so used to that specific way of simulating. They right. don't. They can't understand a slightly different way of simulating, <laughs> or whatever. So the most of those complaints are about the model, like more than the actual structure. Or yeah, it seems like it. I mean, mm. of course they're obsessed with the model, mm. and then the other half of the comments are all obsessed about force feedback on steering wheels, which apparently isn't particularly good at the moment. But obviously, you have to get that right. Yeah, it's a, and it's early access. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, they've got a long way to go. I don't think they've got that wrong in any of the previous entries. You know, they've added it in fine for Dirt 3 and stuff like that, so I would expect it will be okay. Yes, but it's like, how far do they go with it, though? Because just making generic force feedback is probably not that difficult, but making, like, complicated, more accurate force feedback sure. is a lot more If they're, If they're really going to target proper simulation gameplay, and it kind of feels like they are, then it would be a bit of a misstep for them not to do it. Um, I suppose the other weird constraint to that is is if they're coming at it from the approach well, yes it's early access on pc right now but if there's going to be a console version of it is it actually high up on there well they haven't suggested that there is going to be no they haven't but you know it, it would be surprising if they didn't if i'm honest but there isn't really a decent wheel for um xbone or ps4 i don't think hmm. um wouldn't have thought so not yet anyway no because there's no reason to really no well, I, I mean, there's Forza Four, 5. Yeah. You've got Forza 5, Forza Horizon 2 that would greatly benefit from them. And in PS4, yes, I don't, I, there's probably nothing on PS4 that warrants one. Because Grand Turismo hasn't come out. Yeah, until GT7 or whatever it will be comes out, then um, however long that will be, then yeah, there's not a great deal of point of having a PS4 wheel. Um, and, you know, Forza 6 comes out this year. So building up a little little library of stuff that a wheel could benefit from. Mm-hmm. So come on then, what's the verdict from the two of you on what I, there is I, right now? I ended up in, in you can you'll be able to watch this in the video. <laughs> I end up coming round to it. It's like it hit well, me pretty yeah. hard. I expected like, that. <laughs> coming into it. It was like a slap in the face of like, hey you've been playing you've been playing shit racing games <laughs> but like, or, you know, not realistic racing games or things that are easy to control or controller. It's like, here, have, have this, uh, get, get a face full of trees. <laughs> um, and I found it really difficult to adjust. Um, but it ended up being, you know, once you get into it and you kind of see what it's doing, the way that it approaches championships as being 
actually kind of a lot like Rally, both in terms of the timing and in terms of how it's laid out and how you, you basically commit to the run, which is kind of nice to go back to. Like, there's no rewinds. There's no... Cool. Even restarting, Zach was saying, has a penalty. Yeah. There's, you, um, like, you get a bonus at the, end of, uh, at the end of an event, which is basically like however many stages... You get a bonus at the end if you don't restart, and then every time you do restart, it knocks some off that money. Hmm. Hmm. So there's an incentive to do it properly. And I, I, I would be surprised if, like, if you took a restart, it would actually like, oh yeah, you're going to get a, like a second penalty or something like that. Like, <laughs> you could try. I don't get, think a second is enough because well, so I mean, you could, try, in that you could try and avoid a big problem by doing a whole stage again and taking a little time off, maybe. But no, I think the money sort of well. The trouble with it is at the moment in early access is that like the career mode is sort of really simplified and it's not the structure doesn't really make sense from because it's like you earn money to unlock cars but there's so there's not really enough different things to do to to keep you doing that to make you earn enough money to unlock the cars but then if you just want to play the game you just go into the custom events and then you can play while they track any car anyway. <laughs> it sounds like something they could refine though because that's effectively the structure of grid. Yeah. Um you know, the management of your team. It just seems like... Well, I think my problem with it is that, like, the career mode does, isn't really a career. It's just, like... You, you you can upgrade each car slightly by driving it for longer, and then, like, the more time you drive overall, upgrades your, like, team slightly, and so you can repair faster or whatever. But there's no... There's not really much structure to the actual layout of the events and stuff. Because it's like there's basically five difficulty levels, and you start off on the easiest one, and then you just which, by the way, isn't that <laughs> which easy. is fucking difficult? Yeah. So you go into that and you do the like career championship events, which is basically four stages from each of the three different environments that are in the game at the moment. And then if you if you come third or better at that point, you basically move up to the next difficulty. And now it's six stages in each of those three environments. And if you come third in that, you move up to the next difficulty. And it's like, that's not really... Because it's not reliant on, like, it, and like what type of car or whatever. It's like, if you pick a 1960s car, all the opponents are still in that class. But that doesn't... It's not... The, the like, difficulty isn't tied to what car you're driving. It's just tied to how well you've done in the past. Oh, interesting. So if you go in like with a 2010 car and then you level up to maximum and then start driving a 1960s car, you might suck, but you're not actually going to be in the 1960s version of Easy. You'll still be in the professional category. You'll, the times will still be. It's, it's like it's not really based on on cars, which is why it seems weird that you're earning money to unlock the cars. It's like I would have preferred it if I like if you start in the mini have my rank in the mini go up so I can earn more money because I'm doing better in the mini. But then when I buy a new car, I start in shit again because I'm having to learn this new car. Yeah. I think that makes sense because the cars, we, we tried a couple of cars and I was and they handled very differently. <laughs> well, we only tried four, uh, four wheel drive ones as well. We didn't actually do any of the rear or front no, wheels. No, that's true. That's true. But the, the well, we tried a, what was it? An Audi Quattro and a, a, a modern 2012, was it 2012 Fiesta, wasn't yeah. it? Or, mm-hmm. And they handled so differently. Um, admittedly, we did it on different tracks as well. <laughs> yeah, so we were I also guess, on crap. I, 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 I guess we can't actually really tell, but the experience was very different. So I don't know. I, I kind of hope that different cars would yeah. feel very different, which is something that the old games used to do really well. And yet the newer games that I you couldn't bloody tell the difference between no, most of the cars. Yeah, ways, even yeah. even back in like Conquest Four, 
I always preferred the Lancer to the Subaru liked, because like the it was actually different. <laughs> yeah, I, I was always a focus driver in those games. I don't know, something about it felt good. Yeah. And it's And it has all the standard like customizing your spring weight or whatever, all the all the standard rally kind of setup stuff and repairs. Oh and yeah, that. but that's even more hardcore than normal, isn't it? Because they've they've ditched the whole oh you can adjust this in steps. It's now like sliding scales. Well, there is some some of them. Some are, of them have more steppy than others, yeah. yeah as and as that as they probably should be, but there's there's a lot more fine grained control over setup than than and, before. And if you have the advanced setup unlocked for the car, you can go into even more detail, do even more precision. Yeah, you were telling me that apparently you can get like like you have that whole short gear ratio thing, but if you unlock super advanced stuff, you can start editing each gear individually, like you can in Forza tuning, and yeah, yeah nice. and the same applies for like. When you just have your suspension setting where you're like soft or firm, if you have advanced, you can go to that and be like, how how much force do I actually want it until it starts compressing? Like you can set it like in pounds, and I'm like, that's really not. You can't do that by logic. You can't just intuit that. You can't be like, I think I need about seventy pounds of force. You actually have to drive it and see, I guess, to actually work that kind of thing out. One but, thing we didn't see, actually, do you, do you still get like other cars on the rally stage? I don't think you do. Because they're pretty close. In fairness, in Dirt 3, it's kind of... Too close to get there. Yeah, it's not realistically simulated. It's like, yeah, it's nice that they're on the track, but everyone's really quite close to each other. It's like there's like a 20-second window between each car or something. Yeah, it's like um, I don't think you do at the moment. I mean, a lot of people in the suggestions threads have been saying that... If that's probably only 10, actually, thinking about it. <laughs> They, a lot of people in the suggested friends have been saying that they want that. But if not, like, literally you can catch up to the car in front, but just make it so, like, it's a random event where sometimes there'll be a really slow or broken down car that you have to go around. Yeah, that'd be cool. Just because they're there. <laughs> I mean, dirt, the Dirt games have all done that. Yeah. Um, and it's that's cool when you see it. Like, oh, there's, oh, there's some... I mean... It's a bit weird that your co-pilot in those get co-pilot co-driver in those games kind of has a little bit of extrasensory perception is all like, oh, there's a crash up ahead. And well, it's like, how do they get? Do they get told over their yeah, I think radio? They probably or do. They don't they? In actual rally, because they're know. quite dangerous. That way, they have all their helicopters and shit following them all the time, don't they? Sometimes, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know how you'd pull that off, but yeah, and the, the pace notes are good as well. You like you were telling me about the. Yeah, the detail they've gone to record them. Apparently, the, the, they have a guy on their team who's actually a co-driver for rally, and he's he does rally stages. Yeah, and then when when they were rec- doing the pace notes for this, they had him in a D box chair. So he it, like the game it was transmitting the simulated physics to his D box chair, which was shifting him around while he was reading the pace notes. So it, like when he sounds weird because you're going really fast, that's because he felt like he was going really fast all around the corner, like the actual force jiggling him around. And it sounds like they've recorded it over... Yeah, it sounds like they've recorded it over a proper radio mic as well, so you get some of the sort of puffy... Puffy, that's not the right word. Puffy. Uh, You know, sort of... Yeah, puffy, I guess, you know, where you... (laughs) That's such a different word. Uh, Poof or puff? (laughs) Puff is probably better. I don't know. You know where you sort of... Where F noises go a bit blowy on the mic, you know, stuff like that, like stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it sound sounds good. It really does sound good, and because they've got the whole pace notes recorded, each instruction sounds natural. Yeah, it's um, individualized. But you know, it's no Sega Rally, like hard left into four right, <laughs> easy left. <laughs> so, is it the gears and everything? Like, uh, which style is it? And 
Is that the style? That oh, it's the classic angle. Yeah, it's the, it's the sort of the classic six to one, but it's yeah, it's not based on gear numbers anymore. I don't think it has been for a while. No. Yeah, but it confused me initially when. So now there's no more tight hair fins. They're called acutes now, <laughs> which confused me because I was like, acute. How much? How much angle is that? <laughs> is that more than ninety or less than ninety? Oh shit! And then I crashed. And I was like, okay, that's more than ninety. I guess yeah. I'm not the one thing I'm not 100 percent sure of with the pace notes is I'm not. I mean, I'm not sure about the on-screen representation of them. It doesn't really fit with the aesthetic of the rest of the game, but they do look a little bit more like notes. Mm. The way they pop up, they look a bit scribbled, for instance. Yeah. Um, and you know they're color coded still, and you know when they say "don't cut," for instance, they'll put a little DC in the corner of the symbol to remind you on screen. That's kind of um, cool. Uh, things like that. But I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. The problem is, is it's such a clash with the rest of the clean aesthetic of the rest of the game. I guess. But... Yeah. But then I think if it was just like really clean symbols, that would look weird as well. Yeah. It's a, it's a difficult one. Maybe it's the color coding that throws me, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of look. I mean, don't get me wrong, the color coding is useful, but your pace notes, if scribbled, probably wouldn't be using a colour ballpoint pen or... <laughs> well, they wouldn't. That'd be fancy. <laughs> yeah. Get a five, get a five switcher. <laughs> Just, everything's highlighted. <laughs> so, yeah, that is in early access. It's promising. And they've set up some kind of schedule of their content releases over the year, and then it's supposedly going to come out towards the end of the year, for real. Yep. Supposedly. So you guys both play with... Did you play it with the wheel, or is it all... No, no, no. we played it with a 360 controller. 360 Zach's, controller. Zach's as doing his normal thing, which is to be a keyboard maniac. Yep. You're playing it with a keyboard? It's no problem. I was what? much better with the keyboard. <laughs> it's how he always does it. It's how he always does it. I was always better with the keyboard on Color Grade 4. Yeah. That's true. Oh, it's a little more tricky in this one. It's like I'm, I'm. It's like you're constantly jiggling your fingers around. You've got a constant little in, in yeah. Place because obviously in the keyboard it's more digital, and even on the mm. even on the gamepad I was constantly feathering forward stuff, which yeah. may maybe not be necessary. I don't know. It's just how I do it. Well, yeah. One of the, and we talk about this on the on the video, but it's like it feels like. Uh, the Forza games have this option for steering, um, which they have like normal mode and simulation mode. And normal mode effectively dampens your inputs slightly. Yeah. To, so if you jam left on the controller, it doesn't immediately simulate to the driver that they just yanked the steering wheel full to left lock or whatever. Totally it sort of like your car over immediately. Yeah. <laughs> he sort of eases it towards the left, um, which is kind of useful because it means you can sort of feather turns. But if you actually do want to turn the wheel suddenly you, you kind of can't because the game stops you from doing it um it doesn't feel uh, where simulation mode basically unlocks that um and it maps it more closely okay it feels like the, it feel, felt like the colin the colin i was about to call it the colin mccray game it's not a colin mccray game but the dirt game rally dirt dirt rally <laughs> um is in simulation mode and that what right. you're doing feels a bit more. I mean, we didn't Yankee. We didn't mess with the actual controller setup. We just went with whatever the defaults are. And there are sort of. The, the, I think there's like controller linearity or whatever. So yeah. it's like how directly it is that's mapped or whatever. Yeah. To your actual stick, which would be 
good. And they've done that stuff in the past. It would be dumb of them to take that out. Yeah. Um, so look, looks wise, I thought it looked good. It's not mind blowing. No. Graphically, it's still running. I think the same version of Ego Engine that they've been running for a while. Um, yeah. But sticking it in ultra mode did make my system struggle a bit. But we, in fairness, we haven't tried it in ultra mode without recording. recording. <laughs> um, right. We yeah. did try it after the video with without after we did the video, we tried it again in at least in the settings we did the video at and it ran a lot better without our recording setup running. Yeah. Okay. Um, um but so it seemed to handle it. Oh we know we were getting plus sixty frames once we took the recording solution out of the picture. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh on my machine, which you know, is I guess mid spec <laughs> by today's standards. Mid, yeah, mid to well. low spec now, I guess. Um and the most important thing of all, it has reasonably good weather effects on the windscreen. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're not as good as it's not as good as Cosmic Four still. I don't think. I don't, the, the, <laughs> it's still missing the sort of streaky effect you get when a windscreen wiper actually moves. But the actual rain hitting the screen looks kind of nice. Yeah, just the way it clears doesn't seem quite so. Yeah, quite so good. It's getting there. It's getting there. Yeah, it's a one one to watch definitely. <laughs> Although. I, we, I, we've been saying it properly like dirt rally like you know dirt is the name and then rally is the thing but it's like it's dirt <laughs> like if you just say it like that it doesn't sound like such a cool name does it like it's the dirt rally <laughs> the dirt rally yeah yeah so should I go out and how much is it for like the Alexis? did you guys both something? buy it 20 22 to 4 I don't remember it's, it's still 10% off at the moment so you, <laughs> you immediately bought those uh, uh, both yeah of you. Yeah, uh, no, no, Zach like, has. Zach has. I haven't. But. Apparently, yeah. the price is going to go up during the early access period, so it right. probably will release at more of like thirty. I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a good way of rewarding. And also, if you want the achievement for playing during early access, oh no, <laughs> there's a Steam achievement. Oh, that's uh. filthy. <laughs> that's that's a bit. Oh, I'm not sure I like that. <laughs> no, apparently, some people, other people will agree with you. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, put up your video. I want to see it, and then <laughs> in that form, and then uh, I shall probably give that a try for sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously, over to you. Over to you. It is a game like this. Yeah, give it a go. Cool. What else have you been playing, man? <laughs> well, both of you. Kerbal, of course. Kerbal. Yeah, Kerbal, which is out. Came out. Kerbal one point oh two. What's new and... in Kerbal? Well, the important thing about it was the aerodynamics, which basically fucked everything up. But it actually made it kind of interesting for me to play because it was like I started a new career or whatever in career mode, which is actually really difficult, as I previously discussed. Like the way you have to man- manage your funds right. is the main issue. But so, I, and obviously, you are unlocking the parts, so you have a really limited selection of parts to work with. But the new aerodynamic model basically makes a lot of things not work the way they used to and then if you if you become used to that you're like oh shit now i actually have to think again <laughs> i can't just do the same thing i've always done and have it work because I, it's actually different now it's actually pretty cool i mean the first thing the first thing i did was build the classic classic rocket that, I, that everyone always builds where it's like command pod and then just that standard solid fuel booster the long one yep. underneath it so i built that but that doesn't work any longer because the solid fuel booster is actually so powerful with that little weight attached to it that it goes too fast and then it overheats and explodes. Right. So I was like, oh, well, I guess you can't do that. Any longer. 
which is annoying because it means the Black Lotus design. Yes. Rob's death blossom ships yeah. are no longer viable. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just put infinite engines on and just punch it. <laughs> yeah, just have it literally punch itself into all. Damn it. How do you make a moon rocket now? It's hard enough already to get a decent payload to orbit. Yes, it got a lot more tricky. And the airplanes as well. I haven't really, I was never that great at planes, but now I think they've actually sort of forgotten to balance the contracts to the new aerodynamics in some ways, because there's, there's these contract missions you get where it's like perform a visual survey of a specific area on Kerbin. Well, they start with, in the early missions, it's Kerbin, but then it's like the moon or whatever. But when you're doing them on a planet with atmosphere, obviously you think, oh, okay, do that with a plane. But I don't think they've balanced the heights correctly, because it's like one of the, I, I picked up in a supposedly easy mission early on where it was only, you only had to survey one place and it was like, take a visual survey above 16,800 meters. And I was like, well, that sounds okay. I can probably do that. But then I discovered that because of the way the new aerodynamics works, like the normal jet engines, the first ones you get, like quite early in the trajectory, they no longer operate above 15,000 meters because they just get air starved because of the difference in the way the like aerodynamic density and the way that air goes into the air vents or intakes or whatever. Mm. So, like, you actually can't fly the basic jet engine that high any longer. I was like, well, shit, <laughs> now I'm screwed. So I ended up having to put a rocket engine on it and, like, fly horizontally at 15,000 feet and they just pull up and rocket it for that last 1,800. <laughs> so, yeah, sort of annoying. I think they might need to rebalance those early missions to make them actually possible to do. I mean, you could theoretically do it by, like, launching a rocket and then deorbiting in precisely the right place. <laughs> I guess. Right. Just bomb onto the point. <laughs> That'd be a bit awkward, though. But, yeah. And then, obviously, the aerodynamics effects, like, they've redone all the lift dynamics and stuff. So, planes are... Probably planes are easier different. to make function, but maybe not to do much useful with. Like, you can make a plane that flies and stays reasonably stable and maneuvers, and you can land it again. But to actually like even think about going towards orbit, that's going to be a lot more of a problem, I suspect. You need life. all the all the advanced jet engines, mm. and then obviously re-entry is a, <laughs> a serious problem. Now you actually have you can't just you can't just launch straight up and straight down because when you come straight down, you just burn up really quickly. Now you have to come in at a super low angle and use as much of the atmosphere as possible to gradually slow you down. And have mm. ablative heat shields and stuff that burn away, which is pretty cool. You have some kind and of calculator to, to work out that angle you need to... Because in real life, that's a really quite a precise angle, isn't it? Yeah, they don't have like up. atmosphere bouncing, <laughs> luckily. Right. That still isn't in. And actually, like, the cur- Wade Kerbin's atmosphere is... It's like it's so super thin at the top, it's barely noticeable until you're, like, way into it. Right. So you or you have like quite a long period where you're gradually slowing, but you're not you're still like actually quite deep in the atmosphere, and then you kind of hit the wall, and then there's a period of burning, and then you slow down really quickly after that. <laughs> right. So that's pretty nice. And yeah, so there's the new heat shield parts. There's the new procedural fairings, which are awesome. Like, you can actually build proper aerodynamical fairings around your payloads, so your oh, ship cool. looks significantly less dumb. <laughs> That's <laughs> nice. And I, I actually didn't even realize, but it's like, it's super awesome where you, so you place the bottom fairing part, and then you basically, like, 
move the circle in and out, like the radius of the fairing, and then move it up and down, and then click to place another node, and then you like build a build an actual enclosure all the way around whatever you put in the middle. Variable width sock. Yeah, you can put that around it, and then obviously when you go to orbit, it breaks apart or whatever. But I didn't realize until uh, well, like the last rocket I built, where you can actually you can actually have those fairings end at the top and bottom differently. So like. You can have the bottom, instead of the top of the fairing just coming to a point, you can actually have it link back onto a, like another straight section. So like you can have a fairing close around something that's in between two cylinders and have the top of the fairing smoothly link back into the cylinder above it, hmm. which is actually really cool. Because it means you can like have another section with another nose cone and then have a fairing in the middle <laughs> or something, which is pretty neat. It's pretty awesome. You know, fairings. And you They're need cool. all these fairings and, and nose cones. Yes, you need to reduce the aerodynamic. So you can't just have, have the, the booster, the um, fuel tanks just be round at the top anymore. <laughs> no, you have not, to not actually put the little cones on now. Yes. That's cool and because there. it was always dumb that you, it like, cost extra money or whatever, or, or, or it, you, it gave, put extra weight on and it made your rocket look like an actual rocket, but there was no actual point at all. Yes, it just made it worse. Yeah. It's not now, now. Makes now it, it works. Good. Excellent. Yeah, so I was playing in the career mode, and obviously there was, I think it was still in the beta patch when they significantly upgraded the contract system to have those more complicated contracts. And I hadn't really seen that, so because I hadn't really played it much in the beta version, but those are pretty decent. There's a lot more, like, there's contracts for where it's like put a satellite in a specific orbit. So you actually have to, it shows you the orbit that they want on the map. And then it's like, you have to get to that orbit within a certain variation of like, however many percent out. And then it says, oh, now you're in the right orbit. Now you leave the satellite there. Mm. So it gives you a reason to actually launch satellites, I guess, rather than just no reason. I mean, I guess you technically don't have to keep them there for more than 10 seconds. Because <laughs> that's how long it takes to register. Where it's like, maintain stability for 10 seconds and then whatever, <laughs> just fly away again. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also a lot of missions of like ferry tourists where it's mm. like this tourist wants to orbit the moon <laughs> and it's like well that's a real pain in the ass <laughs> yeah, I've done many of them I've done the ones that are like orbit curving because that's relatively easy and there's mm. just like it, that's just a way to get money at that point it's just like mm. fly up fly around fly down and then you get because I can do that no problem <laughs> And they made like Kerbim slightly more interesting place to look at. No, not really. It's still just the green. There's, there's just this space station, and the rest of it is like green town. Yeah, basically. So they live. Do you reckon the the Kerbals live underground? Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, there was talk at one point that they were going to put cities in at some point, but that didn't happen for one like, hey, We'll see, I guess. And then they also, uh, they also included the option to mine resources. So you can use like a mining drill to extract mysterious ore that you can convert into fuel if you have a fuel conversion facility. So you can actually mine off asteroids and then use that to refuel refuel ships that way. Right. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Is that actually viable? I don't really know. I haven't really. Well, I'm not that. I haven't got to that point in in my career, obviously, and I only had a quick look at it in Sandbox because I was thinking like even. Kerbin, the main planet, has some amount of ore on it. And I was like, maybe you could save money by just mining next to the runway. <laughs> Mine the shitty amount of ore that's there, and then just put that into your rocket. 
<laughs> Save money on fuel. <laughs> Why not have a giant strip mine right next door to the space center? I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. But that, the, like, the mining is like right at the end of the tech tree, so you're not going to get that until well late into the career, regardless. Right. So it's probably not worth it until you're mining like really high amounts of ore for like deep space missions, or whatever. Mm. And obviously, for the ore, there's like new satellite parts for like scanning. That you can have. There's like one antenna that does a, like a global scan that's not very accurate. And then there's like another antenna which brings up a little UI box which shows you the terrain that's currently under you as you orbit, and it shows how like how dense the ore is there. Mm. And then there's like a third scanner that you can attach to, to probes that have landed to enhance the detail of the other two scans. So yeah, there's quite a complicated system of scanning. Not mm. that complicated. I mean, like the one that does the overall planet scan, it only works if you put it into a polar orbit, which is theoretically reali- realistic, except. As soon as you get to a polar orbit, it just works. It doesn't take time to actually scan as it goes through the polar and the planet rotates or whatever. You'd have to wait, right? Okay. Which, in, which arguably is just like, you know, that's convenience. just... Convenience. Yeah, yeah, convenience for you. Because it's like, once you get into a polar orbit, all you would have to do is wait <laughs> if it was realistic. I'm, I'm struggling to remember at this point. Like, oh, I came across an article, uh, I think since the last podcast, about someone making the case for scanning being a skill in that you know the player has to take part in right yeah rather than you know just upgrading a scanner and it's like oh hey you can see everything in this system now right you know the the case for how like scanning should become should be a mechanic in the game that you can become better at or worse at right. rather than right you can get better tools to help you with it but not ones that make trivialize it and stuff like that a bit like you know i guess eve is the example of that i guess because you still have to be quite involved in scanning right well, in some cases, yeah. yeah. I mean, the I, I presumably if that you're talking about Kerbal, you'd be referring to like the the ground scanning station, like actually detecting like the asteroids. Because mm. at the moment, it's just like once you level up your ground station enough, you just see the asteroids and then you can track them. Sure. Presumably, in real life, that's a lot more effort because you're having to like predict the motion or whatever. Yeah, and I guess in some games, like I guess it's already like I guess. You could make the assumption that oh hey like the the rest of the crew on my ship are d- doing this <laughs> yes, right doing the complicated bit yeah you just say what you want to see and then they they point you at it they find it yeah so yeah I mean I think it's pretty it, all these new things are making it more interesting for me I still think it's the same problem as before where it's just like the new aerodynamics because they apply to every part of the game. It just makes it even harder for new people, mm. even in sandbox, because it's just like, I mean, argue, you can, if you want to, just like turn the new, turn the, I think you can turn the re-entry heating off. I mean, the new aerodynamics is always the new aerodynamics, of course, because that's just how it works. The physics model is based on it. Yeah. yeah. But you can turn the heating off, I think, so you won't get the re-entry damage. Mm. Or you can turn it up if you want to, want to make it even more difficult. I guess the risk is if they go too far with this stuff, or at least don't let it make it in place well enough that some of the craziest shit that has gone down over the years becomes less and less possible. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, in some ways, it's... can you still make Kerbal cannons. <laughs> you can probably still do that. Yeah. I mean, there are certain things that have made that have sort of encroached into the game that are sort of like mods that have made it. 
made it easier. Like the idea now that if you're if you have a Kerbal who's a pilot, as they level up, they can do they can help control the ship more directly. Like you can set them to point retrograde or prograde, and they do it continuously. So if you're if you're decelerating from orbit and you want your heat shield always pointing downwards but in the direction that you're flying mm. you can set them to always point retrograde and then it tracks as you slow down so it always points in the direction oh, that your heat shield is in basically that's clever and then you can do that with robotics as well if you have the probe cores certain levels of that get that ability as well and then all the other various you can all, eventually if they level up enough you can get them to hold in the direction of maneuver so if you set up a maneuver node and plot out a maneuver, you can have them hold in the correct direction while you're doing the burn, which is also helpful, obviously. Mm. So there are those kind of that like sort of makes it easier in some ways. So there are certain things which have been introduced that do make it easier, but these other parts do make it harder as well. Yeah, it's still a bit of a tricky one. I think the the standard procedure is is a bit weird that. It's the same problem that I think I mentioned before that like career mode sounds like where you should go if you're a new person, but it's not. <laughs> right, <laughs> if you're a new yeah. player, you need to go to sandbox and just fuck around for ages until you get an idea of how to even do most of the stuff. Because although career mode has the progression of unlocking the shit parts and stuff, that because it's still limiting you in your options, it actually still makes it difficult. <laughs> mm. Rather than you'd think that your limited options would allow you to focus on those parts and have a better understanding it's not really balanced quite that well to such a smooth curve it's still quite a steep curve at the start is the effectively the difficulty of the game fairly st- static yeah is what you're saying quite possibly i would say so and science mode is still i mean science mode is probably still the best mode for most people like sandbox is so science mode has the elements of the progression, but without the risk, I suppose. So they didn't end up like making career and science mode kind of the same thing, then? Well, I mean, they are kind of the same thing, it's just without the money. Right. <laughs> you still have to do the science. You still have to do the science case. in career. Yeah. Okay. But science mode only just takes the money aspect out. Yeah, it's just the science. Okay. I don't know if you can do contracts or not in science mode. I would imagine not. Because presumably there's no payoff. Yeah, there's no reason to do them. But it might guide you to get more, in ways to get more science? Maybe. Yeah, possibly. I've been finding getting science quite difficult. Sort of quite... I hear that they changed the way the lab module works now, because the way the lab module used to work is it would just let you reset experiments. Because hmm. a lot of them, you can only use them once, and then if you transmit the data, they can't... They die. Yeah, they just yeah. die. And then you could also use the lab to process the data to make it slightly more valuable if you were transmitting it. But I think they've changed, I hear that they've changed it now that, so that the lab module, if you feed it data from science experiments, it just generates more science over time, hmm. which I which some people are saying is incredibly overpowered. Like you just, provided you can get one of those science modules into orbit, then you can just generate more science than you're ever going to need. Right. <laughs> so maybe that needs balancing. I haven't got that yet. I probably won't use it anyway, because I like getting the reports. I like actually having the science reports from each individual like biome and stuff, because that's sort of the challenge, rather than it's like, just getting science is one thing, but like, having like a complete encyclopedia 
is the actual challenge. It's like poker decks. Yeah, you want to see each, get the science reports from each of the individual biomes on the moon or whatever. Or all 151 science ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's where the actual challenge is. Science mon, cut of research all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that. It's pretty awesome. Come it's finally out, I guess. Woo! Go forth. Yep. And, and fly. make rockets that don't get to orbit. <laughs> and that explode even lower in the air. <laughs> yeah, explode immediately. <laughs> Do you have a moon rocket design at this point? I with, what, with all the new stuff, I have, I have a one that can get a probe to the moon and land. <laughs> I don't think yeah. it has enough fuel to get back yet, but we're like two thirds of the way there. That was mainly because I didn't really, I didn't have enough science to unlock big enough engines. I've only just started getting the big engines. Right, but if you're in sandbox mode, you'd have a design. Yeah, probably. Goyo, yeah. been playing anything else? Is it Rob's yes. turn or is it Zach's turn? <laughs> no, oh, I'm still with Laywall. Because there's another actual new game, or not an actual new game, a new game to me. <laughs> it's actually quite an old game. Like, more than a year, maybe. Well, maybe not a whole year. Most of a year. <laughs> right. Dungeon of the Endless. Oh, yes. Yeah. From the, from the Apparently from the Endless universe. Because, like, Endless Legend and I forget what the other one's called. There's a third one. No, I don't remember. Right. They all have endless in the title. Okay, but apparently those all exist in the same universe. Only you know, not really. It's just like a weird backstory thing. Okay. Apparently, endless refers to like an an actual like. It's very like loosely even mentioned in Dungeons of the Endless, but apparently, endless is like a species or whatever, or a progenitor race or something. Yeah. The endless. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I played that game. It's weird. It's it's an incredibly confusing thing to describe because it like ha- combines r- ridiculous genres. It's like a super hard strategy roguelike thing. Well, it's like a roguelike type thing. Apart from it's like the main thing that you're doing is sort of tower defense. <laughs> okay. Basically, you have your crystal thing in the it, which is like your base. You have to protect the crystal. That's the the thing that must not get hit, or must not die at least. It can get hit a bit. You're trying to protect that. You open doors to reveal rooms, and in those rooms, there ten there's this can be a major module point and some minor module points, or one or the other, or neither, depending on the layout of the room. And like on the major module points, you build resource harvesters basically to harvest one of the three resources which are like food, science, and industry. And on the minor module points, you build basically tower defense turrets. And every time you open a door, that counts as a turn. And every time you, when you open the door, that can cause waves of enemies to spawn out of unpowered rooms. And as you go through, you collect dust, which which allows your crystal to power more rooms. So you have to use the dust in an appropriate way to protect your crystal by powering up enough rooms with enough turrets. And then you move your heroes around to defend as well, so they can move into the different rooms while the enemies are coming during the active turn phase. And they have skills and stats and equipment. (laughs) So yeah, it's quite an old game. 
Mm. And bloody difficult. It's quite a lot like FDL in that respect. <laughs> and it, you know, it still ha- it has a sort of similar thing to FDL of like, you know, when you send someone to a room, they're just in the room. They're not in a specific place in the room or anything. Right. <laughs> they're just there and they automatically fight whatever comes into the room. And they do whatever they need to do in that room. Yeah. So yeah, that's quite complicated <laughs> and really kind of tricky. Yeah, I've seen some stuff on it uh, and it looks it looks difficult and, as you say, kind of difficult to describe. <laughs> I think my main problem with it in terms of difficulty so far has been that I've just been in the experimental phase, working out what what is actually worth researching out of the tech tree, right? Yeah, and like and so finding the precise balance between like how much industry science and food do you want to get, and how fast, and like uh, how what do you need to prioritize early in the game versus later, <laughs> whatever. So yeah, I've been working my way through that. I did. I've won one run now out of twelve. Right. <laughs> But the, I, my problem is I always have catastrophic catastrophic failure. It's mainly the... Well, there was one time where I was doing really... It's pretty much the nature of any roguelike, right? Any <laughs> well, kind yeah. of failure is often catastrophic. Well, I had one particularly bad one where I where I, I got further than I'd ever been, which is why this turned into a catastrophic failure. And there was a new type of enemy that had started spawning, and I hadn't realised what it did. Because what, what it does is it just runs up to you and explodes... <laughs> But I'd been right. killing them fast enough that that never happened right. until three of them came at once, and then it just eliminated my entire team in one giant explosion. <laughs> I was like, "Oh <laughs> fuck!" <laughs> Better look out for them in the future. <laughs> There's no way this is going to win now. This can rush the crystal on its own, but presumably a hero has to carry it or something. Yeah, if everyone dies, it's game over. Yeah, and that's the end phase. Once you've discovered the exit, you have to pick up the crystal and have someone carry it to the exit, and they move really slow, obviously, <laughs> and enemies infinitely spawn. Oh, while you're moving it, it's kind of like a what Left 4 Dead style rush phase. Yeah. So obviously, you use the person who has the highest speed stat. Yeah. <laughs> and then have everyone else try and protect them all. Just or really, what I do is like have the guy with the highest speed stat carry the crystal. But then, using the dust that I've collected during the phase, rearrange all my power so that they're like all the rooms up to the exit are powered, yeah. and all the rooms that can possibly spawn enemies next to the route are powered, if possible. So it's like, they can only come from behind me and I'm very slightly faster than them. Yeah. <laughs> That's my main tactic to get you out. It's quite funny. I outrun them. Sluggishly. <laughs> yep. So yeah, that's quite a complicated and hard game. But it, yeah, it's a lot like FDL really in that, those elements. Try and error. In the sort of same draw as well. Yeah. Like, you know, you're getting the same kick out of it. Yeah, and you're still, like... I still haven't really experimented with all the different turrets. Mm. And obviously I also haven't experimented with all the different heroes. Because you have to find them in the dungeon and then... Basically you find them in the dungeon and then if you if you recruit them you have to keep them alive for three floors and then you can use them from the start of the game. Oh, so I see, right. runs. So that's their form of, like, the ships almost. Well, there's also the ships as well. Like, you start in an escape pod... And then you can get, by doing certain things in the game, you get different escape pods that have different... Those are more like major modifiers, though. It's not so much like the ships in FDL, which are like starting. It's like these actually change the whole sort of flow of the game. Like the first one... Some of the ships in FDL do kind of do that. To some extent, yeah. But it's like the first first pod that you unlock for basically winning the game once, it changes it so that 
in the normal one, once you've killed all the enemies, you just go back to full health on all your heroes, mm. and then you're back in like planning phase. But in with, between turns, you mean. yeah, between turns. But then in the, the in the this first special pod, you get you don't you don't get that auto heal. But using food to heal people is much cheaper. And instead of a lot of the any items and a lot of the other items that would give you regen or other buffs, like equipment items, those are like a re- replaced with like drugs. So it's like one use, or I don't know if it is one use, but presumably I would guess. Yeah. I haven't actually tried it. Some kind of item, but a different later. kind of way. So it's like no regeneration and no auto heal, but healing is the main way to play then. Mm. So you're keeping people alive in a different way. Okay, cool. So as the, the like replay ideas at least, so you have to think wildly tactically different depending on your yeah. your modifier. Yeah. And then one of the other pods is like you only start with you can start with four people whereas normally you can only start with two, but those are the only four people you get. Right. And but I think I think it says that they're like much more resilient, but tur- like your turrets are worse, so it makes it more about the heroes, mm. and they have like get better items, item drops, or whatever. I don't know. I didn't actually read that one myself, <laughs> but yeah. So it changes the game quite a lot with the starting shit. Yeah, interesting. It's good. Good to see them do that. Like, you know, it's a good way. It's a, I suppose it's an easy way of making adding to the replayability. It's just what those games need to have yeah. to survive effectively. Yeah. So yeah, my one win out of twelve on on what they call easy difficulty, which is actually normal difficulty. Okay. Because easy difficulty is called too easy. <laughs> I haven't actually tried that. It's a bit, but you know, if you're not playing it on normal, like it's like FTO. If you don't play it on normal, what the fuck are you doing? You're not doing it right. Yeah. Although the FTO, FTO introduced hard and fuck that all up. But even certainly, yeah, normal mode's still pretty goddamn difficult in FTO. <laughs> but you have to do it because that's the real. That's the real game. Proper challenge. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how how easy too easy would actually be in in dungeon. Because <laughs> on the on the one on the run where I did win, I think I found like maybe one of the more powerful turret options. But it's like it's a difficult one to get going at the start because it's basically a turret where its power is dependent on how many extra science you have banked. So you kind of have to like not you have to research that immediately and then like not research anything for quite a while to build up a stock of science so that those guns power up. (laughs) Okay, gotcha. So that's like you have to be careful in the early game, but it gets a bit easier later on once you've once you've got over that limit of science and you can actually start researching again, get some of the other things you need. Mm. So yeah, that's that. It's quite an awesome game. Cool. Good to hear it. Good day. Yeah, it's nice to have another. When, when this was a last year game, then, yeah, right? yeah, it's good to have, you know, effectively keep this roguelike train running, but in sort of new and interesting ways, rather than just you know everyone doing the same thing. Yeah, you know, no more zombie survival games. <laughs> Not that I really count, I suppose. <laughs> no, but those games keep going by themselves. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that was pretty much it. And looked in at Eve and didn't do anything. News about Eve. Cool. Rob. All right then. I'm I'm trying to figure out where I should start with this because <laughs> uh, I got quite the list as well. Uh, 
uh, well, let's stick to the, let's, let's stick with what you know the guy the things you know, know I've been playing. Like uh, I did the finale in Forza Horizon Two today. Zach watched me do that, which was nice. like a sixteen minute race <laughs> yeah. across one wrap around one lap about one wrap one lap around about two thirds of the map, um, which was surprisingly easy. And it wasn't much of a finale, really. No, it was, it was just like, race. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> just like now you get a trophy, and now the game continues because you're only like one tenth of the way for it. <laughs> yeah, my like championship completion rate at this point is still like eight percent. It's like this game is massive, but now I'm I'm supposed to be at the point where I'm I haven't even done all of the car classes. I don't think yeah, I don't think I've done championships in all of the different car classes yet. Mm. Um. So yeah, it's just insane how big that game is and how long it takes. Um, but you know, still all right. I think I was sort of thinking to myself, perhaps like a a benchmark for how good a sort of open world racer is potentially is how long it takes before you start getting fed up of the music on the radio. <laughs> right. Well, it depends on quality of the music as well as the I, I, quality so, of the game. Yeah. To a point, because I'm now hitting that point where I think I'm quite fed up of the music. So it's like, uh like I've heard this song a million times already. But can you do custom playlists? <laughs> well, no, because no. custom playlists don't exist anymore. <laughs> That's all you need. Everything's going backwards. Well, that was the that was the thing I used to do with a lot of racing games on back in the 360. I'd link yeah, they're it perfect to for my... custom soundtracks. Yeah. Even I on the original like... Xbox, you were like ripping shit and putting in. Yeah, they're playing. You know, I was going through that incredibly tedious process of having to burn a CD, yeah, and then ripping that dude. to the Xbox hard. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. come on, Dice, no. everyone's favorite developer. Was it now? Was it now, Mary or whatever it is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the race is now started. Did that time timing perfect timing? Yeah, dude, it was pretty good, dude. Dude, or playing Burnout Three to the. Um, Mona Lisa Overdrive yep. from The Matrix. That was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I used to do it all the time. I used to have the 360 networked to my PC, so I'd just say, hey, just play anything that's on my PC, thanks. And that would make games like Ridge Racer a lot more bearable. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Project Gotham and all that stuff. I used to do it all the time. But you can't anymore. You just can't. You just can't. Just and it was like, you know, I was getting a little bit annoyed as well because I started putting the, like, I suppose the channel I've listened to the least in that game is the uh, sort of the, the classic FM, I suppose, classical music style station. So I've been putting that on. But that's slightly ruined by that radio compression problem I've talked about before. But Right, yeah. So yeah, there's that. I might given that that's how I feel about the music key side, now I've done everything, maybe it's time to give a, that a little bit of a rest. Fair probably enough. end up going back to Forza 5, probably. That's uh, <laughs> my prediction. Yeah, why not? Get uh, a slightly different model going on, like a bit more standard tracks and stuff. Yeah. Uh, supplied a bit more Rayman Legends as well, still plowing through that. I'm over halfway through the Teensy count. Which means I've done about half of its content, um, which is most. Which means I'm actually most of the way through the the new levels. But I think that game has most, if not all, of Origins in it. Oh right, okay, cool. Well, that's cool. Um, I thought it was just select levels at first, but no, it actually probably is the whole thing. Um, 
so I can, although with slightly different mechanics from Origins by the sounds of it, the, but well, mm. by the looks of it, there are some things that I remember from the old Origins demos that aren't here. Mm. Um, like the thing that you could make all the looms, I think, dance or something, and while they were dancing, they were worth more. Yeah. Like that's not there. Um, so that incredibly catchy tune. <laughs> It sounds a bit like the Mario tune when I do it like that. Um, isn't there? Uh, but still, that's a lot of content. I'm still enjoying it. Um, I'm definitely going to finish all the uh, legend content uh, mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it was sort of let down a little bit in that, you know, I, I think I may have mentioned this before, and it doesn't feel quite as varied as the new Mario games do. You know, they, and it feels like a little bit like they're running out of ideas. Right. As the game goes on, doesn't it's not nearly as inventive. Um, like with one, one of the worlds is much more based on sort of stealthy mechanics, I suppose. Where you're not supposed to don't go in the green light, you'll get shot. <laughs> um, and that doesn't work quite so well, especially on this one sequence where it's like a it's like a typical you're stuck on an elevator and there's a fight happening around you, and you've got to try and you know just survive the elevator ride. Um, but there's also like these zones that are appearing as as the lift descends, which you can't be in, otherwise you'll get shot. And it's like it's that's quite a trial and error sequence because you need to sort of remember where the zones are coming because you don't uh, have enough yeah. time to move out of the way and stuff like that. And it's uh, so it, it has its problems like that. Um, that whole world isn't its best, um, and it seems like every level has a uh, what. I, I thought it was only going to be a select few at first, but it feels like now that every single level is going to have an invaded version, right. which basically means that it turn they they turn a part of the level into a bit of a speed gauntlet, um, where you've got to do it in like forty seconds to get the max rank or something. So it'd be short little, again, a bit Meat Boy esque speed runs, I suppose, uh, which actually can be quite fun. Yeah, cause, cool. Because 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 of their short size and stuff like that. They're, Everyone likes a bit of Meat Boy anyway. Yeah. Style. Still, still enjoy that game. Still recommend it. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to carry on with that. Uh, okay, I, other things I've sort of touched on, I suppose, briefly. I played. I actually played a, a bit of Titanfall on PC again. Wait and tell me. It was only like a brief bit of time. I sort of jumped into it quickly. Like, on. Well, uh, you know, I had like an hour here, and I thought, eh, just cock into this for a bit. Um, How many people were playing? Here's the thing. This is the main reason I bring this up. Um, you can still get into games just fine as long as you want to play attrition mode. Wow. And why wouldn't you? Because, you know, <laughs> yeah, it is clearly the best. And it's like, so on the PC version, there are worldwide, at the time I was playing, 1,600 people, okay. which isn't a massive number, but it's enough to get some good games going. Um, 800 of those were in attrition. Mm. Um, so I jumped into the, the variety pack, which is where I spent a, you know, a bit of time on the Xbox version. Uh, like, yeah, play every game mode on rotation. And now the season pack has been free for yeah. a while. All the DLC maps are in rotation as well. And there were 10 people in that <laughs> playlist. Of which five of them were like maximum generation players against the rest of us. Okay. So that was no fun at all. <laughs> so I went back to attrition mode and had a great time. Were there some actually crap people in there? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it, 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 it still seemed quite quite balanced in there, and I yeah had had a, had a much better time. Um, that game is still a lot of fun, and it's actually okay as long as you sort of don't care about I don't know tactics. There are no tactics in Titanfall, really. Well, that's why you play it, because yeah. like the one, the point capturing mode—that's too much tactics. <laughs> I quite, I quite like. The point it, it works okay. It's just like it's too much. Oh. No one ever, oh, no one ever functionally really does it correctly. Oh, well, that was the other thing I ended up. No, I think I played a couple rounds of attrition and a couple rounds of campaign to try and get a few more of those done. Right. Yeah, but because it's sort of on rotation and somewhat random, what side you end up, it's hard to get them all. I guess. Because I don't think I've got the Titan frame unlocks yet, mm. um, which you can now get by just getting reaching a certain level. But you know, you unlock them permanently if you finish all of a campaign for one side. Yeah, but because you have no control of where in the campaign you're going to go, it's like it's a bit awkward to try and do. So one of the things they changed, not really for the better. <laughs> um, that stuff, but yeah, Titanfall still still kind of cool. Uh, but I, I still really struggle. I str- struggle to think where they will go with that for like Titanfall Two. This is just it, whatever. It? It's like it's neat, but then they need to make it more about the players than about I don't know random AI shit going on. Hey, we didn't talk about how the the hilarious Deus Ex um, reaction to the Black Ops Three reveal video oh i suppose yeah that was sort of funny especially with the cat that was my favorite thing the cat looking at the 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 good like golden cat looking at the screen from deus ex and just looking straight do you see that one no yeah it's just (laughs) they were just tweeting at the call of duty account basically and having fun (laughs) because it pretty much looks like the exact plot of like because there's no gameplay or anything it's just like a I did think. Well, there might be like camera shots of like things going on during gameplay, yeah. maybe, but it was, it was more the campaign trailer, but which I, is making it sound real dumb. It's like uh, yeah. it's kind of the theme of the last game, really, in that you know, it's a war on technology by the sounds of it, right? And that's the good side. Whereas the last game was kind of like abuse of technology, I suppose. This side sounds like, yeah, you know what? We've gone too far of technology. Let's stop being technological. <laughs> it's kind of weird how the last game isn't the last game in the Black Ops series, is it? It's the last game in the... It's a different... Oh, like, that's what I meant. Sorry, when I said the last game. I, I know, I know. Too, that's the last sorry. Call of Duty yeah. game, but it's a, it's a bit strange how similar the Treyarch one seems in terms of tone compared to one that... Advanced the... Warfare, yeah. Yeah, Advanced Warfare, which was someone else. Yes, because they must have been different. all these three streams must be in development in parallel, so they must be. I don't know. I wonder if they talk to I, each other. Even I think they somewhat. They must talk a little bit to each other because I bet there are some studios that sort of cross over um, mm. to work on various parts of each game. Um, but but I, I think in a way, Activision sort of encourages them to compete with each other. I guess that's right. Yeah. So they all try and out innovate each other, I suppose, is the idea. Because um, by the looks of it, Black Ops Three actually plays, you know, more like two, and that you know, that doesn't look like they're going down the mobility route. Although it did seem to show some stuff about wall running. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe they're going halfway down that route, but not yeah. in the same way as the suit does in Advanced Warfare. Right. Um, yeah. Like it's, they had Titan falling it a little. <laughs> But we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I really enjoyed Black Ops and Black Ops 2, so um, 
you know, Treyarch have been doing pretty well with the series. So let's see how they stack up. The, the the weirdest thing I saw about when that trailer came out actually was like how many how many people were all like it were like I think that that painted black song kind of ruins it <laughs> right mm. that was what they were saying I'm not sure I care it seemed like it's a the Black Ops series always had that weird sort of musical thing didn't they with um, well because it was originally set in the sixties and stuff well yeah Vietnamy wasn't it mm. but they've always had missions haven't they I think in both well, I don't know. I actually can't remember what they did in Black Ops Two, but they've always had missions, I think, in them where they've thrown in a random, uh, a random track, haven't they? Like in a mission, sort of haphazardly. Sure. So we'll see. Anyway, well, they had back in black, I think, for like their earlier stuff, which <laughs> 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 made a bit more sense. So Titanfall and. Uh, I also played Plants vs. Zombies on the PC. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Warfare. Just to see what that was like. Yeah, that's that, that's still good. Plays pretty well. Still Although good. the balance has shifted in favour of long-range characters because of your ability to aim. Mm-hmm. As you would expect. But that's still a great game, even on PC. Highly recommend. Go get it, you bastards. Um, <laughs> so let's talk. New stuff I've been playing. <laughs> Not news. No, just new <laughs> stuff. Oh, you, made, shit. you made the wrong noise. Dad's making the wrong noise. That yeah. was the trumpets, and I haven't even started talking about the game. <laughs> you better hurry up. Then. Oh, God. Well, you better continue to go at the same rate, because we don't actually care. <laughs> <laughs> or I know. Zach doesn't care. The end. All right. I'm going to say the name of the game, too. <laughs> this one's for Dan, because Zach already knows this one. Oh, okay. And I want you to tell tell me, just by me saying the name of the game, what my opinion of it is. <laughs> and that, that may give you a clue, actually, just me saying that. Uh, Pool Nation FX. Um, Pool Nation. P-O-O-L. Yep. Um, FX. FX. <laughs> Whatever that means. Uh, like FX, like pinball FX. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Um... Oh, I don't know, dude. Maybe you love it. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to like you like pimple games. Maybe this is a pool version. <laughs> well, this was a game of gold. It's currently a still a game of gold. Um, it is the first game I have played using the Unreal Engine Four. <laughs> pool Nation, and it's a nation it is for the swimming pool owners. I don't know. All right, let me put it to you this way. I'm, you know, recently, you know, you, you, you've talked about this before that, you know, I tend to give a lot of games a fair shake or I tend to play them probably a lot more than I should, even if I'm a bit down on them. That's what I um, want to do, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of, I, I kind of like doing it for sort of, what? Maybe I am a bit of a, a masochist when it comes to this stuff. I don't know. You're doing it for but, journalism. Yeah. I like, I like the thing. Uh, it gives me a bit of perspective because when a good thing or an amazing thing does come around, Sitting you appreciate chaff it makes, all the more. Exactly, sitting through chaff makes the makes the 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 bright the wheat brighter. <laughs> tastes nicer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm, I like my meaty cereal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is an example of chaff, is it? 
At least so you have chaff. chaff. <laughs> and this is chaff-tastic. <laughs> oh, God. So the first thing that you have to put up with is the obscene boot-up time. What even it's is like, this a pool uh, game? I'm so confused. It, okay, it is actually pool, like virtual pool from the days of yore. It is not the snooker, but pool. <laughs> I mean, I say the days of yore because, like, virtual pool, that was the game, right? And it was a good one. Sure. Back in the old PC heyday. It's uh, <laughs> 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 the sound of the PC heyday. Doom and Duke Nuke with virtual pool and. Turn into a bird. Walk. Better land these PCs together with parallel ports and what have you, or serial ports. All that, all that <laughs> shit. <Okay. laughs> uh, this game makes me remember Virtual Pool quite clearly for the sort of I don't know, kind of big deal that it sort of was back in the day. It was it was a good simulation of pool. And this is a, a physically, I suppose, still a good simulation of pool, but it controls like garbage. Um, it's, too, it's way too twitchy to sort of aim up a shot. The AI is unbelievably brilliant at the easiest difficulty setting, giving you no chance to learn the game whatsoever. Um, <laughs> oh dear. Like, like some some games, they were just like the, they would just finish the table without giving you a chance to actually play. <laughs> it's too good. Um, the loading time, the, oh, the loading times, it's unbelievable. It took well over five minutes, I think, for the game to load from like from just pushing the button in the Xbox Dash to it getting to a menu you can control. It's an insane amount of time. So evidently Microsoft got rid of that rule that they had about getting to a start screen within a certain period of time. The game has to become technically responsive. <laughs> so that's like, and the same rule applies on iOS, for instance. So as long as the game is sort of takes over and is launched into a sort of, I don't know, starting state, you, you, you can spend as much time as you want showing like intro logos and stuff like that. <laughs> this game shows a loading bar. Okay. And... At first, I thought that was just part of it was just a style choice, and then I realised a bit of the bar had changed, and it's like, oh shit, that's a loading bar, and it's like moved like two pixels. It's it's incredible just how long it how long it takes. You should check this game out for fifteen gigs of loading bar. Uh. It's fifteen gigs for a pool game. What's going on there? Like the music is terrible as well. It's like bunch it jazz in places. <laughs> bunch it jazz. The best kind. <laughs> oh dear, so Miles vi- Davis vi- was famous for bunch it jazz. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even the menu design is a poorly laid out version of an EA Sports style menu presented in neon. It's just, but like, how can you have a poorly laid out version of an EA Sports? Menu? I know, all poorly laid out. Somehow they've done it worse. <laughs> It's. I'll give them their due in that the actual, when you finally get to see a, a pool table, it's a pretty well-modelled pool table. <laughs> like, those balls are well-round. 
and then there's some nice specular lighting going on on them and the tables have made a, like like some of the tables have like a two-tone paint rim on it and it shimmers just nice you know a bit of sparkle in there good texture detail all around and then weirdly that extends to the, the area around the pool table which is seem which seems way too well modeled it's like you're in some sort of holiday resort bar or something with like other tables there right. and there's like um palm trees outside sort of blowing in the wind and, maybe whoever it um, was was trying to get like experience that he could then use on an actual game yeah i you know, don't know in modeling yeah. environments and he was like i don't care about the table i'm gonna i'm just gonna make a cool looking hotel thing well you see this would be much better if they if you like because there's disembodied cues a bit like how virtual pool was it would be better if they had like people with, like meandering around the tables and stuff so this this hotel resort didn't feel so much like i don't know some sort of apocalypse had happened where disembodied cues live on mm. it's <laughs> it <is laughs> such an amazing world to, to inhabit <laughs> nothing but disembodied pool cues <laughs> floating around playing pool for no reason I mean, I don't, I don't do this with many games, but I have played this for precisely one hour, and I had enough. I just couldn't. I can't. I just couldn't. Wow, what? That's an accomplishment for that game. It's I thoroughly, right. <laughs> thoroughly dislike it, and to the sure. point where even like Gnome was in the same room as me whilst I was playing some of it, and even she was just like, "This looks awful," and I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah." I mean, it, it, for once, it really is. <laughs> I can't, I can't think of a good thing to say about it. It's like, apart maybe from make, the, um, the visuals being quite nice. Cool. Well, maybe make an hilarious video about it. Or not. Never play it again. Well, it's, it's, well yeah, we don't have a way of recording off the Xbox. I suppose, okay, but sod it then. I don't, yeah. Um, right. That's that. Cool <laughs> uh, nation effects. I, I played one game online. And I'm not sure I was playing against a human because it took its shots very fast, uh, which is weird because it's supposed to be an online game. Uh, and there was no sound. The sound Great. was stopped. It's, it's a quality product, but it's free. Games. So, you know, it's the right price. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Man. Anything else? Man. Because that is terrible. Man. Uh, I played Freedom Planet was the other thing. I started, mm-hmm. which is uh, started life as a um, as a cough, yeah, um, which turned into a, a, someone's idea to make like a Sonic the Hedgehog fan project. Uh, but then he got to the point where it's like, you know what? Actually, I could make a Sonic inspired game rather than a Sonic fan project, and so Freedom Planet came about after some communication with artists on DeviantArt. The sort of freeform thing came together. Um, and the first thing that's apparently obvious is it it's kind of it's very Sonic in its look. Like the way the characters are designed, you know, sort of big eyes and the, the way they sort of run and the way they animate and stuff like that. And, the, and the, the whole look of the game very much captures that sort of aesthetic that Sega used um, right. during those years, I suppose. Um, but the sort of the look of the game is more like it, I wouldn't say it's like Genesisy. It's like if I don't know. I want to say like Chaoticy. So like thirty two X. It's got there's obviously more going on. Um, I don't know because the thirty two X had that that started to go down the way of like the weird where things look weirdly smooth. 
Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like quite too like many that. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't quite like that. It's like it's like, it's sort of Genesee in that in the sense of what you know the the palette I suppose that they use, but there's just more going on that the Genesis yeah. than the Genesis so like could handle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people have been saying maybe it's like early Saturn sort of I don't know style maybe before they decide to make the Saturn 3D. I guess yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like it doesn't take you long of playing that game to realize oh this isn't. This is Sonic-esque in how it feels, but it's not really a Sonic game. Um, in that, you know, you don't just... It's not all about going fast, and the, there's some proper platforming to do. There's some sort of pub, um, puzzling to do. Um, you know, basic puzzling, like, go through this section to push this button. You need to push this button, right? Go push this button. Um, or th- there's a push block here. You need to drop on a switch. You better do that. You know, that kind of basic sort of stuff. Um, but it's also different in the sense that you can't just jump to kill things. You actually, there actually has a sort of combat system, uh, which is in some parts cool because it means they can do some fancy, fancier stuff with bosses. But it's also one of the game's downfalls because of the way other things react to your combat. Like, uh, so thing, okay. most things tend not to die in a single hit. For instance, um, a lot of things will take multiple knocks before they go down but there's no such there's not a lot of concept of like hit stunning things so where i am in the game which is about two-thirds of the way through the campaign playing as lilac the dragon um you sort of get to a point where there are enemies that are pretty much attacking fairly constantly and do enough damage to be irritating but as you're hitting them nothing is happening to them so you sort of just punch them a bit and get shot whilst you're punching them. Oh, right. Uh, and there's not a great deal you can do about it. Um, which is quite irritating against the the sort of just, you know, everyday bad guys you're coming across. Um, I think that possibly could have done with a bit of work or a bit of refinement. Um, it, makes it, it makes it feel sort of more awkward than it needs to. Um, and that extends to the boss fights because the boss fights don't have don't also don't have the concept of hit stunning which in so like some boss fights actually works pretty well because it sort of forces you to learn very strict patterns otherwise you will die and if you don't get your tactic right for how you're supposed to do that boss then you will die and it makes the boss fights difficult um and i would argue that those difficulty spikes are too big compared to the rest of the game, but it does make them kind of challenging. And they feel like what a boss fight should be in a weird way, like a climatic battle. Right. Climatic. Yeah, I said it again, Quite climactic. Cool. <laughs> it's all about clouds and shit. <laughs> yeah. <Cloudy battle>. yeah. <laughs> it's like a massive tornado. It's a climatic battle. It's a cloudy bell. Um, there's some, like the, bo- the bigger bosses are particularly like that because... And again, this isn't. Some of this is stuff is again problematic because of the way the camera is quite zoomed in on the action. Stuff can quite easily come off, come from off screen to hurt you, um, mm. and you don't. You just don't have enough time to react because you might be inside a com- a uh, attack string, or you might be inside some kind of move that you just can't get out of fast enough because of the momentum of the way that handles and stuff like that. And it's there are moments where that stuff works against it. I mean, they are all somewhat avoidable by learning how things react, I suppose. Um, but it's not. It could use some refinement 
is what I would say. I would say. Okay. Um, I kind, of, but I kind of like what they're going for. I think more than I end up liking the game. It's like the visual style is real nice. The music, although sounding somewhat cheaply instrumented in places, like they used some bad trumpet VSTs or something, um, is is very reminiscent of that era of games. The whole game itself is very reminiscent of games I felt like I grew up with, you know, and that feels good. Um, doing some of that again. But it's a little, I don't know, clunkier and a bit rough around the edges. Um, but I'm still having a good time with it. I've basically put in like a two, like three hour sessions on it, like just solid three hour sessions because it just keep it, it sort of draws, it does draw me in. Once I'm playing it, it's hard to start playing it. Despite how many times I've been frustrated with one particularly large green spiky boss. Sounds like your sort of thing, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> your... it, it is my sort of game. I just wish it was a little bit better than it is. Yeah, yeah. But it kind of it, it's good to see a, like a game like that actually just come out. I suppose <laughs> <laughs> you know that isn't a shitty Sonic game. That isn't Sonic Boom or Sonic Four or Sonic Four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Time Sonic neat. Four. Anyway. It's, it's neat. We it's got neat. This. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I guess, oh, actually, stuff that we've sort of touched on before, the, I've played the new Mario Kart DLC as well. Me too. 200cc is insane. Yeah, I didn't try that. <laughs> I did try all the other tracks. It's, I, it's I did pretty play difficult. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> I saw um, David was doing his best to get around the tracks. He was doing pretty well, but I mean... Some tr- some tracks, I really don't know how you're supposed to do it. Like the Wario Stadium or whatever it is, mm. whichever version of that is in the game, that's really, really hard. Yeah, but it's good that because it kind of breaks the game, but it still adds a, an insane new level of craziness. Yeah. I, I like it. I think if there was like a, I don't know, 175 CC, that would be nice. <laughs> right, like 200 is possibly a little too far. It's a bit but- much. I like I like that it exists, but I think I would want to be eased into that way of having to play the game a bit more. You like because they're yeah. not wrong. The labeling says yeah, breaking is essential, and they're yeah. not wrong. Breaking is essential, but because it's such a new concept <laughs> to the world of Mario Kart, really, yeah, that it's like this is this is taking some adjusting to, and I can't adjust fast enough. So perhaps I need a you know a little little bit of a softer intro to it. I like the tracks. Um, the new tracks are pretty good. I yeah. like the subway track. That was good. You know, yeah. the trains and stuff. That was, There's I some really n- neat little Easter eggs in that track yeah, as well. Yeah, the theming of that is really nice. And of course, the multi-season Animal Crossing track is nice with the bells instead of... Which is a bit subtler, admittedly, than the um, rupees in the Zelda track, but still, it's mm. quite nice. Nice little touches and stuff, and the way that the fruit falls on the trees and becomes like mushrooms that you can give you speed yeah. boost and stuff. Well, that's Another like cool. track. Yeah, big blue. Good track. Good track. Sure. I mean, again, they're not really, I guess, going... You know, the, I suppose the tracks aren't super amazing, you know, in the same way. They're not exactly being particularly innovative, I guess, with how they play. But, no. but there's nothing wrong with them. I mean, it's they've got like more, more detail around them than some of the... You know, not that yeah, they weren't you could argue. highly detailed before, but but yeah, yeah, the theming adds another level to it. Kind of. <coughs> definitely, definitely. 
I quite like the one in that's basically like as you playing as toys. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. It's very Micro Machines esque or whatever. Yeah. Cool. There's but there was a, a gif, like a gif, a, a picture going around the internet of um, uh, I, I forget what the 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 sort of the dog from Animal Crossing, Isabel. Yeah, there's her like doing a drift with a boost flying, you know, and the flames coming out and stuff. And it says what it looks like to pay America eight and two hundred CC. And then there's a picture of Hell Ride or whatever it's called, uh, like next to it. It says what it feels like. <laughs> Is it Hell Rider? What's he called? Skullface Man? Yeah, Nicholas Cage. I was trying to figure it. I can't remember. It's, hang on, it's on the shelf behind me that I still haven't watched. Or maybe it's on it's there. It's got to be hell something, right? Uh, is it here anymore, even? Do I have that disc anymore? It's this is Ghost Rider. Oh, Ghost, Ghost Rider. That's oh, right. <laughs> Not Hell Rider. Might as well have been Hell Rider. Hell Rider, yeah. So there's that. Yeah. And I definitely think that. I think you could buy Mewtwo on his own for like three pound fifty, as it turned out mm. in the UK. That still feels maybe a little much. I don't know. Possibly for Mewtwo. <laughs> I'm going to shut up now because I feel my voice potentially about to go. <laughs> there we go. Game big. Game hard. I mean, know what Dan played because I saw it on Steam. Did you? What was that? Grand Theft Auto Five. Yes, I didn't know I was online on Steam, but yes, I've you been didn't have that. to be online. You got achievements. Oh, I'm getting achievements. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I'm playing GTA. Spoiled. Five. <laughs> you can't, you can't speak. I can't, can't speak. Yeah, I can try. I can try. I played GTA Five on the PC, and it looks great, and it runs really well. I think because I have an, a really good graphics card, but like. Uh, um, you know how games guess your, the the settings yeah. these days. I think whatever they guessed was really spot on. <laughs> you know, it's, it's I, been yeah, it's been pretty good the last I few tried, times. I've just let it do its thing. That's what I've done. I think this is the first time I've ever like just completely left it because I tried changing things and it was like I was like, well, okay, I didn't change anything, and this is running at sixty at fourteen forty p, um, and it looks amazing. Uh, mm. let's try turning a couple of things up. Oh, no, it's hitching up. Oh, okay, just go back. That's fine. They'll do. Whatever they chose, yeah. it was good. It looked like all it, it looked like it was all high or very high, so I'll just leave it. Mm. And, uh, and yeah, it looks amazing. Uh, obviously, clearly, all the assets were designed for next-generation consoles or PC uh, from the get-go, so uh, I don't know how they managed to get that game running on 360, uh, mm. but, um, yep, it looks great, and it plays great too it has really the probably the best i've ever seen of going between a gamepad and and mouse and keyboard controls totally seamlessly so i literally you know have my gamepad on a little cushion on my desk and then whenever i need to shoot accurately i just switch straight to mouse and keyboard with absolutely zero problems it's the cushion velvet <laughs> uh <laughs> I should get a velvet cushion. I don't know. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, <laughs> a little cushion. lamp to highlight it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be good. Anyway. And, uh, yeah. And I haven't been bothering with the first person mode. I thought I would give it a try, but, like, there's too much car in the way. You know, there's too much 
there's no like there's bumper, too much realism yeah there's too much realism there's no like bumper cam or whatever you have to be like which makes sense i suppose you have to be in the car and um yeah, i'm sure that looks good but it's not as easy to play and like even for the shooting it's like well it pretty much with the mouse and keyboard it pretty much plays like max Payne, except with the slightly uh physics-y movement compared to max Payne, mm. i guess uh but you know, you can shoot the shit out of stuff. It feels pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's GTA. And uh, I really like it. <laughs> I, I remember that um, I did read, read a couple of reviews and stuff, and I remember that, yeah, okay, so the story is more fun at the start, and the missions are better earlier on, I think, mm. in general. So, um, I mean, the heists are all good and the stuff, but I, th- I feel like it's more fun in the beginning. So I've been really liking it and stuff, but I remember that, oh, yeah, after a while, the story kind of gets to a point where you're pretty much you're doing stuff for these bad dudes, and every time you finish, they like screw you over every time, um, and there's nothing you can do about it, and that's not much fun. And they also make mm. you do horrible things like torturing people and stuff, and it's like, well, this sucks. Um, mm. Whereas earlier on, you're just you know doing stuff for yourselves and getting ahead, and it's all and and meeting all the characters and stuff, and it's more fun. So. Uh, but who cares? Because you've got the whole world and stuff in super high detail now to muck around with. Once I'm done with the <laughs> first few missions and stuff, um, yeah, there's I don't some, know. There's some good setting comparison videos out there for this as well, like telling yeah. what each of the each of the bloody options does. Because it sounds like there's a lot. There's a lot of options, but I mean, it looks freaking great. I mean, I think I've I've got a good setup because I've got a really new graphics card. And then I looked up the like memory. I think I'm borderline on memory because it looks like the game takes six gigs, and I have eight gigs. Mm. So yeah, um, eight gigs will still get you by just fine. Well, I got—I I can't remember at the end. I was just about to quit, and I got a warning from Windows saying your computer has run out of memory. Um, so that's the first time I've ever seen oh, really? that message. Oh, yeah, I don't, know, I don't normally see those. I see the ones saying, "I—I I find I get the really annoying ones that happen all the time where Windows comes and, set and says, I think your system's performing badly. Do you want to turn error off? Oh, I fucking hate like, that. You can't make those stop. You I don't can't, think there's a way of you can't turning stop that them. off. And what's more annoying is not only can you not turn it off, but it has, it says specifically, don't do, remember and don't ask me this again, which it doesn't remember. And it, <laughs> and there's I no way it remembers it. it. Yeah, it only remembers it for the duration of the program running. I think yeah. if you set, like, like, don't do this right now, but without the yeah. uh, don't remind me again, it will pop it up a little bit later while we're using this you know, in, in the same session because i get that all the time it's really annoying and i googled it trying to find the answer and then yep. i found a stack of a uh, not stack overflow a super user or something some stack exchange question about it uh from someone complaining about it and that someone was jeff atwood who is like a microsoft you know he he is the creator of stack overflow and he was asking mm. how the fuck do you turn this off and no one could give him an answer so <laughs> I don't feel like I've ever seen that message. It's very annoying. I, I get it almost every time. time I run a game of any kind of 3D. It, it like pops out like after I go into it and says. I I found it more. I've had it more often with more modern stuff than I have older stuff. It's like the the, the well, it's like anything. A lot of times you just turn error off by default in older stuff just to be safe because sometimes it doesn't like it very much on old things. Well, I don't really tinker with that really i'd rather not have to set that up you know if it doesn't like aero fine but just remember that like that's what that option's for surely (laughs) that's all about i mean you can do it from like the settings or the executable or whatever just have it 
Because then you have to set it. Yeah. It's not like a pop-up. Yeah, it's irritating. Windows should just deal with it, or not just not. If, if I tell it not to care, then don't care. Because the worst thing is about that message is it's more often than not wrong. <laughs> it's like, no, no, my system's performing just fine, yeah, thanks. it's totally wrong. Yeah, so that's real pain. Anyway, GTA, and I played the the Mario Kart stuff as well. And that's pretty much me. And we've come to the end of the podcast, and it's time for the end of the podcast, and there will be videos, uh, probably Dirt Rally, but that might not be first, that might be weeks, who knows, but there's plenty of videos up already. Just, like... just, just for you, Dan, I will probably put the Dirt Rally up next. Hooray! And, and, and once again, to get way ahead of ourselves, and we'll probably say this at least next podcast, if not the one after that, we did finish Final Fantasy VII, but that video is not due to come up for quite a long time. Yeah, right, well, back. <laughs> Episode Got 33 is up. first. So uh, watch, check that one out. It's getting towards the end. But you've is officially finished. I think it might be 31. Oh, I don't even remember. Yeah. One of them. Have you guys got a... Um, uh, are you going to just roll straight on? Potentially. We're thinking about We've it. talked about We're thinking about things it. to do. Or whether we need to like get away from Final Fantasy for a bit. <laughs> right. Just you know, a bit of a break. Yeah. Go away and think about what we've done. <laughs> Well, have a long, hard look at ourselves in the mirror. Check out what they've done. That we're staring at a picture of cloud on the <laughs> Happy Salad um, YouTube channel, and uh, join us again next time for another salad cast. Do Boy. that! Oh wait, <laughs> it's time. Yeah, yeah. Ron forgot to stand up again. Hang you gotta on, stand up. Bye. I got, this. I got this, guys. It goes a little something like this.